Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Episode two, gentlemen. We all right? Episode two, yeah. Yeah, good. Are you? Yeah, good. Full of beans. You look good. I know you're annoyingly full of beans. Isn't he? It's because we've just been having a 10, ten minute chat about mu- our favourite musicals and all of a sudden I've got jazz happens. <laughs> <laughs> and all that jazz. Don't let us piss on your chips though, Chris. Keep it up. Yeah. Just because me and him are struggling. You f- fly the flag. You know why I'm struggling today? Because we've had a lazy day, haven't we? We've had a we? very lazy day, and unfortunately. I, I, they're not for me. We've, uh, we're, we're in, <laughs> fuck off. What? <laughs> You're in your element. You <laughs> fuck all. Well, I've never seen you so restless. I know, I, I need to do something. But, uh, I can tell you were restless before when you come in. Starkers. The windmill. <laughs> so how would you kill time at home? Put telly on. And there's a telly there. I know, but it, it, I can't get normal channels. Ah. Uh, I need BB, I need ITV3. I mean, I've not, not seen any soap since we've been here. I wanted to watch the racing this afternoon. Couldn't watch the racing because it's on ITV3. So when you say you need to do something, you just need ITV. I need to watch something, yeah, Disappe- ITV. Disappeared for two hours. I'm sat there on computer working hard, and all of a sudden, a 21-stone, 41-year-old man comes bursting through the door, swinging his cock around. <laughs> 40 years old and 20 and a half stone by the way just not splitting it well, I've had a bad day and I went, took for, me I went for some dinner I went in this cafe I thought oh, I'm not going to have a we're in Scotland by the way so I, got, I didn't want to have a Scottish breakfast so I'll order a jacket tatey so I got it and this, this is important the time I got in at 12.25 I ordered my jacket potato tuna mayonnaise cheese and beans at 12.27 and it came at one twenty-six. Not happy for a jacket tatey. I can't. I can't. Boredom and hunger does not make for a happy yeah. job. I've not ate since last night. This will be breakfast slash dinner. So I think that's what's pissed us off. Yeah, They're playing on your mind. Yeah. Do you have a salad with it? It came with a salad. I swept it off into my coffee cup <laughs> <laughs> that I did forty-five minutes previous. Can we just go back to your entrance as well? Yeah, before, me, can I and brew? Two, a couple of hours you disappeared and the door swung open and the completely starkers and the action was... That's known as the helicopter in the trade, Chris. Is it? Yeah. You've heard about that. You're not saying <laughs> they just left. You're not saying it we before. We didn't even say anything. There was tits, there was bellies <laughs> and there was one one. <laughs> Plural. We're like a Picasso. Everything were pointing in every direction. <laughs> yeah, b- boredom that. Boredom. <laughs> yeah, boredom. You were having that or go for a Tommy? <laughs> Kevin Lynch. 
last week. One of my favourites. It's uh, been received very well. Like, I've put it in my top five on Twitter. Some lads, somebody like a few tweets saying, "What is your top five? And I'll be honest with you, I, I ain't a clue. Playing golf with him actually on Monday, so I'm, I'm going to see if I can get some more stories out of him, hoping that he'll come back on. Part a, two. Get a part two. Yeah. What about a live? We should get him for live as well, shouldn't we? Fuck that. Yeah. Paddy Lacey this week, ladies and gentlemen. Maybe not a household name for all you, you football fans out there. But I don't think that matters. No, no. No, because it's a hell of a story. Yes, very good story, man. Because I've, I've seen quite a few comments recently that some of the best ones that we've done have been less household names. Mm. Mm. And this guy's gone from, the, gone from the centre of the pitch to the centre of the ring. As, yeah, he has. Via a prison cell. Fucking <laughs> 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 hell. You want to name Did autobiographies, that, you? Did that work for and you, He's Chris? doing well and all. I know. By the way, we're the talking about title contenders. Good looking bastards as well. I could, for a boxer. He hasn't had many... Uh, Ronan Keatons. Yeah. Yeah. He must be a good boxer then, is he? Must be. Is that how we're judging boxers? Yeah. <laughs> how handsome they are. Yeah. Droylston, Altrincham, Barrow, Accrington Stanley, Southport, Staleybridge and Chester he's played for. So did he not start at Liverpool? He did start as a at young Liverpool young. as a young lad and then I think, did he go to Bradford, Sheffield, Wednesday? I forgot, Chris. Good, I like your honesty. <laughs> like, like we said, he's not as big a household name <laughs> as, as, as what some See, I think been. Man United were, were, were t- offered, him a, offered him a deal his as younger a young brothers, lad. His younger brothers, really. Yeah. Doing well. One's at Barnsley. One's at Barnsley, one's at United. No. Yeah. yeah, Man United. Well, I wish I'd have known that. He'd tell him he can come round to our house, his younger yeah. brother, for something to eat if he wants. You're, you're not, like, you're not here wing. for this one either, are you? Like, we're talking... You, I'm not, no, I'm not here. Well, I were, uh, now, but. I'm here now. I think I was... I don't know if I were Benidorm or... He was on one of his many, many jaunts, jaunts, weren't he? Can we just get this straight, right? <laughs> I've been three times. Eh? I've been... Th- you, I'm, you, you went to Turkey... Yes. You do another one with all her miles you've clocked up. <laughs> the free one. F- Paris, France, Paris. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kendall yeah, I weekend. Have, I've gotten a plan for that one, did I? Does it really matter? It's not. Were you, were, was you unavailable for selection? <laughs> Told you he was in a bad mood, didn't we? <laughs> were you unavailable for selection <laughs> for four days? Maybe. So, no, two of them well. days. Two of them days were a weekend. Start shouting about that. Two of them days were a weekend. I went to Benidorm on a Saturday morning. <laughs> Saturday, Sunday, weekend. Monday, came back Tuesday. Available Wednesday. So, you know how we keep on about my fucking holidays? <laughs> Fuck you. What about the work, the work trip? Finger, I'm going to point then. Yeah. The work trip to London. Katie's works trip. Oh, yeah, yeah that, that, that was the worst days. one of the lot. Yeah, so yeah. I've had four. Four holidays? But. <laughs> Jesus, that's out of order. That bang, I'd say bang out of order. The only reason you've not is. Don't point at me. <laughs> <laughs> Put that finger away. <laughs> the only reason you've not is because you've not been able to. Or you'd have been jet setting and all. No, no, I'm a professional, John. <laughs> oh, always available. Should we get Paddy in and we'll sort this out yeah, after? Please. I'm in a fucking yeah. stinking mood, by the way. <laughs> Give over. <laughs> Move this table back, get your kit off, let's sort this out. <laughs> Paddy Lacey. Bob, when Brad was saying that he's old man, him out of Liverpool. Mm, Pedro, that was his offer. His offer is like a, a football legend round here. Is it? Yeah, he was supposed to be brilliant, yeah. But when he was like 13, 14, he was like, I just want, want you away. That's when he went mm. to Newcastle. Yeah. Doubt the area because 
temptations and mm, not half I fell into them traps didn't I I was away living in Sheffield Bradford and then come back and then kind of fell into it then so when's the uh, when's the next fight week so on? it is a week on Friday yeah you prepped yeah all ready to go probably one tough spa tomorrow a little quicker one on Friday and then you just you don't do much you just sharpen the tools so you're like you're ready to go on the uh, fight night you like strict diet no drink yeah or well to be honest up. I've moved up a little weight so there's a little bit more play I was I was dieting too much and I, was, I lost a load of weight I was trying to be the lightest I've ever been and I'm 28 29 you know what I mean it's, it's is, it, is it hard you know like getting down to a weight where you're just not um, yeah because people you, look ill on the scales don't they mm, well I was starting to look like that my face was drawn I had no definition nothing up here yeah and uh, my legs are always big but the footy they're always going to stay you know you can't get past that but yeah it was just I had no um, enthusiasm for the gym no more because I was constantly dieting and I felt like I was always in a calorie deficit I was turning up to the gym I, like, I can't even fucking be arsed being here and then when you're sparring you're up and coming lads that are good you're just like you're questioning yourself then yeah. and then I was going out and I've, I've had a, probably the last two performances I haven't been I haven't you know, lit the place up which and I've put it down to that, so I hope now not moving up in weight, you see the best of me again now. You know, after the weigh in, you just like get the calories in as much as you can. Yeah. Yeah. Your Most of it's water, though. You you lose quite a lot of water with your training that you don't probably rehydrate yourself back. To the main, and then you go in there probably a decent weight, but you just don't feel the same. The thing is, you, you must be training all the time, though, are you? Because you have. Footy fight. as well. I'm still playing footy, aren't I? So as soon as this fight ends, I go away with my bed for a week, then back to pre-season. Do you know what I mean? So, so there's, I mean, there's a few, you know, lads that have gone from football into boxing afterwards, mm -hmm. but you, you're kind of balancing the two yeah, at the same up, time. Up to now I am. It's going to be harder as the further I get along when I'm fighting for titles. But, you know, at them stages, you're probably fighting twice a year if you're lucky. So what else am I going to be doing? But I can keep fit and run around the footy pitch. And... You know, whereas I could work on the tools or... So I don't see how it's that big of a problem. I understand when it, they're, they're both running at the same time and maybe I can't get injured because I'm boxing the following week or... But I'm just going to keep going because I love both of them. You know, when you were playing, did you feel like you had an itch that you weren't itching? That you wanted to you wanted to, to go box. into boxing? Yeah, yeah. I didn't get it. I've never got the fulfilment out of football that I do out of boxing. I don't know whether that's like ego driven that I wanted to be all about me and I probably couldn't do that on a football pitch because it weren't good enough to make it about me. Or maybe there was, I always felt as a kid, I used to say to me, dad, I used to watch the boxing. We'd have it on the weekend, me half of a box play football. And I'd watch and go, dad, I can do that. You know, please take me to the boxing gym. And he'd be like, son, you're fighting with everyone. You don't need to go to no boxing gym. You have enough scraps as soon as you leave this house. So there was always like this burning desire to fight. And then it ended up coming around to me when I was like 22. I had the charity fight. I set up a big charity event with our mates from school for a school teacher that had a stroke, Mr. McQueen. And my half fella watched me because I fought a proper boxer, an amateur boxer, Dan Leeper. And he was decent and I'd done well. I boxed well. My dad went, you know what, son? I was playing for Barrow in the conference at the time. If you want to go and have a few fights, amateur, go and do it. If you're still asking me now, because here's me asking me dad, 22 years old, can I box? Right, one of them, go on. Go do your words, go on. Do, I, think, I think he thought I was going to get flattened, yeah. or I was going to get beat and it'd soon get knocked out of me, but yeah. I kept winning. And then it was starting like doing this juggling act. And then I, if, I, if I could go to the gym and do a stretch for football, or I could go to the boxing gym and do some round sparring, that was always getting yeah. odd. It's strange because I, I want to get my young and into it. 
just for the discipline side mm-hmm. of things. Most definitely. So was it not that, from your dad's point of view, was it not like you're having scraps outside, mm-hmm. get yourself in a proper gym and be disciplined with it? And yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I would encourage any kid that was like me that it, obviously if you're not scared to have a fight and you enjoy fighting, the obvious thing to go into doing is some type of combat that is yeah. disciplined, as Massive you say. But so. there's a thing that you say in boxing, it's you know, the boxing bug. When you start, you can't stop. My old amateur coach, David Berg, world champion, he weighs himself four times a day. Now he's been retired for 15 years because it's something that's ingrained in him to know what his weight is, to keep himself in shape. But that's all down to the same discipline. So I think my dad thought if he boxes, he'll be all right. And then football is go just... go by the wayside. It's going right, up the way. Yeah. I'd done me all... Because I taught, was told not to box as a kid, I'd done 10, 15 years football for nothing then. So... Yeah. How would you get on if they organised a school I'm, I'm, I'm fight? A, an old stance. Put <laughs> 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 you your jukes up. Quick feet, right? Mm. Who would the pit you against, like the school oh, nerd? They'd have to, wouldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> That's what we had to do in the end. So we was all sparring each other. And like lads were calling other lads out, but there was some of the lads who could have a bash calling, you know, some of the lads who couldn't fucking even hold their hands up. Couldn't and like, box you're, yeah, you're a cheeky cunt. You can't be going in with him. <laughs> you know what I mean? His family are coming to this event, don't you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah. So, yeah, everyone was matched carefully, but that was what I was doing. So, I was weighing in all the lads from school, and the amateur coach, uh, Sid Sadanke, who was taking us, he went, Pad, you can't b- fight one of these because you could hurt them in front of people. He went, you're going to have to box one of my lads who's a, who was a legitimate boxer. Do you know what I mean? He was fucking well heavy, didn't he? We played Torquay in the morning for Barrow. Come all the way up from Torquay, that's some journey back to Liverpool. I think we once, you know, I can't remember the f- results. Played fullback and then jumped. As soon as I got in, sat down for an hour and just went straight into the boxing ring. And that was my thing. Two in the same day. Won both for all the haters that said, <laughs> <laughs> And he was decent, the lad that you fought. Yeah, he, had he was a, a proper boxer. He'd had like three or four contests, yeah. And he was heavier than me, he was a big lump. Yeah. So, and then I was hooked. Hooked then. Going back to the start in your, your football career, were you were you the best at school, best uh, in the youth team? Yeah. Um, so I where did you start so, from here? So I started off at Tramia, so I was there. And then I went to Liverpool then. Um, could have went to Man United, but picked Liverpool. So it was Man U or Liverpool. Obviously, I went to Liverpool. But my dad had this little thing where probably should have stayed at Man U because... He was a good age group and he was coached a little bit differently to the rest of your Everton, your Liverpools. Do you kind of just let them have a free roam with the ball and not too much coaching? Your family are Reds? Yeah, we're all Reds by my little brother. We tried our best to make him a Liverpool fan, but he's been at Man U from... I think he started on the fives because as soon as any of the lads were decent, my dad was like, we're not taking them to Everton, Liverpool. Made the mistake with you, we should have took Man U, so he took them up there. And they've doted after him because he was, he's special, obviously, that's why they've doted after him. And um, yeah, he just never kind of took to the Liverpool support. And I had him a season ticket and he was more interested in watching man. people, more interested in watching people have fights and in the crowd. <laughs> and have you seen him? I'm like, you're at Anfield here. Come on. And he just went into it. So yeah, he's a, he's a man. It's interesting because we had Brad on, Bradley Orr, mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago. And he said when he got to 13, 14, his dad wanted him away from Liverpool. Mm. Is that the approach that your dad's taken with, with Shea? Do you think, um, just to get him away from any th- distractions? I, or Possibly more Man U of us, my parents, could, could he live up here? Because they asked us when he was leaving primary school, can he come in? They call it the manners now, the school or whatever, the, the, what they do. And uh, they said, could, could we move Shea up now? 
and he'd be a full-time footballer with school. My mum was like 11 years old now. He's not ready for that because he's not a mummy's boy, but, you know, him and my mum are really close, so... From a mum's perspective as well, you... Yeah. I'm 11, yeah. to get to yeah, me now. Yeah. I've flew the nest. My sister has, my older sister. Lewis was going to start a scholarship in the next couple of years. It was kind of like, no thanks. So then they kept asking whenever he's ready and whenever. And then I think he went to 13, Shay. So he's been there two years now, full-time at Man U. Obviously, he's still got a schoolwork intertwined, but they pulled him out to do sessions and Lewis moved up to Barnsley in the summer, so... Is he, has he enjoyed it right the way through at that young age? Yeah. Moving away and being away from um, his mates? And yeah, well, your digs is after battle. Have you ever been in bad digs? He was at one digs and he, he just couldn't quite settle there. He was saying, I don't know, Mum. And then he said, yeah, I will sign with the next family. And then he went into this one and then bloody hell... It's like a doctor water, then he was just like a pig in shite, and I mean, you're close. You, me, me and my little brothers all were like that, yeah. Mentor, yeah. mentor, yeah. I just um, I can only tell them where I messed up, really, can I? But not unlike me, to be honest, yeah. thankfully. Do you know what I mean? They've got a lot more ability. They're better boxers, better footy players. Better <laughs> better We've got the wrong brother on, haven't we? Yeah, yeah exactly. That's what I said before. Better looking. <laughs> Bastards. I can't stand them, really. But <laughs> well, you must have been doing all right to go for Liverpool to sign you. Yeah, I was age, all right. Like. But my half, I kind of thought he knew more than the coaches. Not making no excuses. But they'd sign me, sign me for a few years. And straight away, he was, oh, these don't have a clue. He, remember one time, John Flanagan, I'll tell you. I'm playing against Liverpool. I'm playing against Everton at Derby and I've started on the bench. My dad's walking around the pitch. Come on, son. You won't be on the bench for no one. For Liverpool Football Club, one of the biggest clubs in the world, I'm just like sitting there scared of my dad. Like, nah, nah, dad, I'll come on and I'll score. Don't worry, leave me. He's like, no, 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 we're going. I'm like, fucking hell. And it was kind of like... And did you just sign then? I just signed, yeah. And then he went in another time and was like, um, he's round about me, dad. The coaching's not as good here at Man U, you know, fellas. Man, you and they, they don't want to hear that Liverpool football club. So then I'm just, but I was obviously scared to tell him, bloody hell, dad, chill out. He regrets it all now, and he's never, man, you will tell you, two little brothers like man, you, he's never been in not once. He's learned from it all. Do you know what I mean? I was, my dad probably thought I was a fucking Zidane or something of Gerard, but yeah, yeah, I weren't yeah. in real, you know, in the real world. So he's probably a bit too much, too passionate. But and you look up to your dad at that age as well. Yeah, yeah. I still look up to my dad this day. Yeah. My dad's fantastic, but. But you think. <laughs> Even though what, whatever he's saying at the time to Liverpool, you, yeah. me dad's right. Yeah, well, you'll have yeah. to, don't you? Because I, I wouldn't want to argue with him if you seen my dad. <laughs> <laughs> like that. <laughs> well, how did Liverpool deal with it? Because I'm guessing that they're not big fans of parents coming in and telling no, them how to do the job. straight jobs away. And... It was just like, these, these are calling an issue, uh, causing an issue. And it was kind of, um, funny enough, I was doing Connor Cody's carpet. Connor was my age group, Connor. So I was doing his carpets. And this is sort of my... Could never remember. Connor went, Pad, I remember you playing your last game against Man City away. He said, Remember you kicked that lad in the face? He said, And then you've caused a big fight. He said, And I went to stop you. He said, The look in your eyes, he went, You scared me. I could never remember it. So it was just another just game. Another for one. Me, that. <laughs> and um, yeah, that was my last game. So that brought that back. What did you do after Liverpool then? What? I come out, my dad had the Sunday League team. He still kept his Sunday League team up. So I signed back for these halfway through the season, scored a load of goals. My half fellas made up. Then it was just me and him one-to-one coaching, so with lesser players on shitter pitches. And it, at the start of the new season, finished the season with them, I broke my leg then. At the start of the pre-season, my dad said at the end, he said at the end of the season, Blackburn and everyone's phoning, they want you to sign. I'm just going to, there's too much pressure on me to coach you every night. I'll, um, you can go to Blackburn, just sign for Blackburn, son, and I won't say a word. 
And then I went, all right, so I'll just play the pre-season game with his team and snap my ankle. So what I mean? How old are you here? I'm about 14 now. So when you left Liverpool, your dad were just training you on your own? Yeah, on your just own, me and him out, yeah. I'll show him how it's done. Yeah, but that's what like, his mindset was, to remain. I mean? He'd With a view him. to getting a professional club, though, I'm a, I take it. His always idea is, you know, the football clubs, they're not all that good, Nassari, the overcoach, to you know I mean? Because he's probably reading you know, books from the dark ages about players when they probably weren't even academies going, oh, there's nothing bad, enjoy your football till you're 15 and you can go in, but... Just come at a bad time, the injury though, aren't it? Because if, if you get through that, then... He was saying that he was going to send me then, because I yeah. can always remember Blackburn phoning our house. They took, they took us for a meal, so you go to the ground and have a meal, and they were like, are you signing then? And I knew my dad didn't want me to sign because he had a Sunday league team. I knew, like, he'd said it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And then, uh, <laughs> so I knocked it back signing on the night. And then they phoned our house a week later saying, look, is he going to sign? We're talking the match. And then uh, my dad's looking at me. Like, he's on the phone at the bottom of the stairs. He's looking. I went, nah, I don't want to. I want to play for you, dad. I didn't really. That's a blag. It made him happy. And he was like, oh, it's lights out. Nah, sorry, mate. Phone back next season. Do you know what I mean? And was that just out of show your respect for your old man? For me, old man, yeah. yeah. Didn't want to say, dad, I don't want to play for you. I want to go and play at a decent level. Do you know what I mean? But he'd probably cry watching this if he does. <laughs> 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 uh, so how long were you out with the injury full the season then start led me into under 15s I think then we ended up phoning Blackburn and saying look you know you've chased us for them couple of years um, he's just broke his leg but he'll be back will you get him in so I got in would it have been Gary Boyer did you have much to do with him Gary Boyer was my coach so when we was going for our, I stayed there then for about a year and a half always was kind of with him he's having quite loud and uh, I didn't feel as good as the other lads, so I kind of went into myself. Joe, did that bring your ego down a bit? Yeah, I thought these are well better than me. Yeah. And because um, you'd always been top boy, I was always was. Even when I went into Liverpool, man, you always felt I was one of the better players. Yeah, so yeah. they were so good. I got used to the pace and raised my own game. Yeah, but by no stretch of the imagination was I anywhere near the top of the group. I was kind of lower to the to the bottom so then I went to Sheffield then you enjoyed it at Sheffield didn't you yeah I love Sheffield kind of grew up in Yorkshire so from the ages I was leaving school 16 getting the train staying from Thursday till Saturday my dad would take me home yeah and then I went to Bradford after so loads of my life was in Yorkshire so 16 to probably 19 20 19 bad attitude I kicked myself really with the UT manager Sean McCauley if you've never heard of him. Heard of him, yeah. He's a legend, Sean. So, Sean played for Alex Ferguson. I've just got back in touch with him not long ago. And we had a good gab. He said, Pad, you know, he was, it was hard to try and get you on board. He was trying his best, but, you know, I was king of the changes. Then I went, I dropped down a level from your Blackburns to your Chef Reds. And then I now found I was probably the, the best player in my age group. It went the other way then. Instead of being within myself, I kind yeah. of, so I was a bit ego driven, thought I was fantastic. Um, did, he, did he try and contain that? to get me back in and I remember him sitting down saying I'm going to tell you the conversation now that Sir Alex Ferguson had with me at the same age he went um, at your Christmas dinner he said did, did your old man play? I went yeah he said uh, any uncles? And I said yeah they all played my uncle played pro for time here and oh like um, so he said there's going to be a load of opinions that tell you what you need to do football he said but you can only listen to one he said, I'm the one that deals out the pro contacts here, son. So listen to me. So I told me dad that, and that was his way of telling me that, because I was doing things on the pitch that he weren't telling me to do that. Fucking, my aunt follower was saying, do that. <laughs> so I was like, daddy's saying this, you know. But you know, and my dad was like, he doesn't have a fucking clue. <laughs> 
so <laughs> it's like that for two years every day. But I was going in training of a Thursday night with the under 16s and then Fridays with the under 18s, little seven O's, seven aside, yeah. and little tournaments. And he played everyone, he could fucking play. Even he was about 39, he had a left foot, he had a wand. And I've megged him one day and called Megs, he stopped the whole session, fucking get up there, fucking give it me in the office. I went, I'm sorry, I didn't even know it was you that I megged. Then there was another week, so I was in his office more than I was training, but he was trying to mold me in the type of player that he wanted for the scholarship the next season. So uh, we had hard run-ins, me and Sean, fucking hell. When it came to the contract, what was the Well, I'd the already knew I was, I was already signing for Bradford, so... I'd done it all wrong at the start of my second year. He said, look, I've got Republic of Ireland to come to watch it. I've told them all about you. I'm doing the same with you that I've done for Liam Palmer, Joe Palms. Still there now, isn't he? He said, I got Scotland out to see him. He said, it gives me more, you know, um, weight in the argument for your pro deal and all that. Just listen, behave. Um, I don't know how, how a lad who had a, a manager that was trying so much to so do so well to, for yeah. me. How, how much how, how much of an idiot I was to f to mess up so many times <laughs> and just find so many problems. Remember the programme, Bad Lads Army? With all them bad lads yeah, that joined yeah, the yeah. army. And he'd say, look, we've got a bad lads army in our youth team and you're the fucking ringleader, meaning me. And he was probably right. Yeah. What other stuff were you doing? Because I'm trying to picture just how... Just fucking about all, all the time, just fucking about. And if he'd say something, we used to, we, we had a girl, her name was Vicky, I think, sorry. And we used to do like a meeting of a Monday on, you know, the prep for the week wasn't right. We've played well, we've been beat or whatever. And uh, she used to ask us and I used to say, boys, don't say a fucking word because whatever we say is going to be used against us. Do you know what I mean? And then the, the, the fucking meetings would draw a blank and all that. And it was all because I was telling these lads, keep your mouths closed, boys. <laughs> so the one thing I do regret about Chef Wed is though, we played Everton and uh, played that well. We got beat 3-1. So he pulls me up to the office after it and says, you know, your agent told me that you don't want to be here and you're going to Leeds on Monday. But... Um, I'm going to make you an offer now for your pro deal. I can't let a player who's played as well as that walk out this club, he said, because they'll be calling for me next. Especially at Leeds. I said, you haven't given me the deal though. He said, well, I'll have it through, through up for you Monday and you can sign it Monday. I went, all right. So he went, shake me hand that you're going to be here Monday. Pisses me off this. Shook his hand, looked him in the eye and said, I'll be here Monday. Comes home to soft ass me half. Fuck him <laughs> off. We can't stand him. <laughs> So then my agent at the time rang me dad and was like, look, this is a bad idea. If these are saying they're going to give him a pro deal Monday, we're best saying it. And my dad was like, no, he's better off away from him. He's been moaning about him all year. I was half like fucking getting like that garden path. So I fucked him off, went to Leeds. Leeds amounted to nothing. The fella that you shook, was that Macaulay? Macaulay, yeah. And that you haven't spoken to him since? No, I spoke to him the other yeah, day. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, and I said, I apologise. I said, you know, I'm a man now. I said, there was a kid there. I said, it was kind of, he went, son, there was so much. He said, me and you would get on through the week and then you go home. He said, then a new, a different Start person again. would come out yeah. and you'd have your back up about things and you'd want to argue and so I mean. So yeah, a science for Bradford. Then you like characters like Guy Branston. No big guy, you've probably played the instance. So Guy used to fucking grow his fingernails like this. He had fingernails because when he used to you know, play against centre forwards, you'd see them come off. They would be deep. Do you know what I mean? They'd be deep. People coming off scarred and he used to love it. He was a nasty cunt and he was in charge of you know, collecting the fans. So instantly, he was saying, you old for this and that. I was like, fucking hell, mate. I said, I'm on buttons here. I said, you're, I'm only 18, seven, 18 I am. I said, you're on fucking 
quadruple me. I said, I'm not paying the same fine. You are. I said, that's not fair. He was like, you are. I'm like, I'm fucking not. Watch. <laughs> so it starts a little thing and I've ended up doing him and slaying him. Boom, lift him. And then he's on top of me on the floor. And I thought, I'm in for it. And he just grabbed me and went, I fucking love you, son. Because he's saying, I would have done that when I was a kid. Yeah. But guy, as the time passed at Bradford, he didn't half help me, teach me a lot. I think he'd had something like 13 pay-ups in football. Now he was kind of, you know the way I was saying before, I, I don't mean to intimidate any managers. If I do the way I am and the way I act, some people are a bit like, oh. He was very of a similar mould. So the new manager, Parky, come in. Peter Jackson got sacked. Parky come in and um, Phil Parkinson and straight away didn't like Guy. He liked me instantly. He went, look, you've been injured all season, son. Can I send you on loan? And um, when you come back, he said, you're going to, because first day, just on 11 v 11, and went, you're the bottom of the league. Obviously, what you've been playing at the minute ain't working because you're the bottom. 11 v 11, I'll pick the team now. So I plays. I've been injured for months as well. I, I think one or two knee ups. And he pulled me up to the office. He went, look, you're my type of player, son. He said, um, but you haven't played all season, have you? You've been injured. I went, no, from the get-go, I've been injured. He went, go and play a few games in the conference or conference north. He said, no, I'll bring you back. You'll be involved. And sad. Well, I went but on loan to Vauxhall Motors and on the fourth game, I think I was only playing four games, I got crunched by this kid, Arrogate, on the edge of the box, done a one-two, crunched. Knees went again, so I needed another up. So I was out for another six weeks or something as a clean-out. Yeah, just like time and again, though, innit? Yeah, like... exactly. And then I've come back and he went, look, pad. He went, you know, you've had another two months out. You haven't kicked the ball all season from the start because I got easy pre-season, tore me thigh twice because I was still going at 18. I was probably only five foot ten. I'm six foot now. So um, he just said, we're, we're even deeper into this relegation battle pad. It's not even the right environment to be playing a kid. So he offered me a little tiny fee. Will you take that? So it comes out and he was doing the same with Guy. He wants a guy off the wage bill. Guy was like, look, son, I'll get you every penny. You stick with me. I know what to do. So he was, you know, same with the youth team. Do this. He done it with a smile and a dance and a sing song. <laughs> and in the end, it got that bad way. The manager, Joe, you know, couldn't stand us being together or being round. He, he ended up giving me every penny. I was all bad that extra month that you get, you know, yeah, just to get rid of me, do you know what I mean? Because I was listening to Guy, but he... Guy do you think that's the right way? Looking back now, was there a way back in? Um, probably not for me I reckon it would have been a bit too tough but I was training by myself I was doing everything I needed yeah. to do but I was saying look I know you've got to play me in the in, in the resi games but there was probably only four fixes till the end of the season I'm thinking so I should have just cut me ties but Guy used to say to him Gaffer I know you hate me but you're going to need me you're going to need me I'm keeping myself fit for you <laughs> and in the end there was a shock load of injuries and he needed Guy he went in and got man of the match yeah. so you know he played enough games to realise and uh, yeah I got Paid up and then come into non-league then. I mean, where did you go first? Drawsden? First, you... first I went on loan to Vauxhall Motors. So we played hide away. Balls on the corner. No one even told me they were doing it. So like the Al goals, he used to drill out to the corner and yeah. end up bending one in. I thought, this is fucking easy. <laughs> and then at half time, our centre half, we had some team by the way, that Vauxhall team. Our centre half, Jonesy, and the keeper Scott they've ended up boxing as soon as we come into the chain. I mean proper fists flying, rocked each other, they were both fucking going. So I'm sitting down like, what the fuck? I've come from you team football. What the fuck? Because it was three points then. And I learned quick that it meant a lot. And especially to these, they was all old arses that you know knew the game. So that was my first intuition. Then I went to Droylston. Joe, we've slagged my dad on this podcast up to now. But my half has picked me up many a times when I've left clubs, yeah. been injured. So um, you come to watch me for Drosden 
you've given a ball to a centre half, Joe to it's a diag. My dad was like, lad, you've never done that in your whole career. You've given it, Joe, the responsibility to switch places. Yeah, Why been, have you done been that? Been safe, kind of. Yeah, thing. and my dad went, you shit bag. I went, dad, my head's fucking shocking. I've been injured all season, been fucked off from Bradford. You know what? This, that, and the other. And my dad went, son, I'd work yours anything. So, my half fella had three times a week on the track by ours. That's all been done up now. Jamie Carragher's brother, um, John, he paid for this track. It was fucking, there was hay bales, there's fucking like this, and he's got it all flattened now because people in the community use it. So, me and my dad on there, six o'clock, Tuesdays, Thursdays, Sundays. Bear in mind, he's probably 45 here at this point. He's on there, he's doing the same sessions as me. He's got to fit a load of flooring after this. Um, and he's 45 his running times would have competed when I was going into football clubs with you know probably the, the intermediate group the middle group he was fucking so I ran like fuck um, all summer because obviously I've been injured all season and it, it gave me a, a little bit of an head start so I went into Morecambe pre-season with Jim Bentley's lot and done dead well I was at Morecambe and then Jim sat me down at the end and went you've done dead well over the last few weeks son I'll offer you 150 quid a week I was like Jim it's fucking Morecambe like, I can't, that doesn't even cover me fucking diesel. And, um, Were they League Two at the time? League Two conference? at the time, yeah. And funny with Jim, though, he sat me down just before this and he, he went, you know, Pad, I'd done that well in the training session. I thought, right, he's going to offer me something decent. He went, you know what, son? He said, I've been meaning to tell you this. You don't have to remind me. So, as there, your all names are running through your heads. Do you know what I mean? I'm thinking Stephen Gerrard. <laughs> you went to Stephen Schumacher. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Fucking ripped me off the cunt. I went, what? I went, who the fuck Stephen Schumacher? <laughs> he went, oh, he's a Liverpool lad, come through Everton. He's had a good career. He can shoot from outside the box. I went, oh, nice one. He comes over to me, dad and said, do you know what he said? He remind me of thinking my dad had no. Stephen Schumacher. Who the fuck Stephen Schumacher? <laughs> So fuck it, <laughs> rip me off there, Jim. So we played Alton in the pre-season friendly, and uh, I've got Dave Bayless saying, "Look, what's happening with Morgan? We want to sign you. League below Morgan, but you know." And then Alton had just been relegated from Barrows League, but they offered the most money, and uh, I signed for Alton then with a good bunch of lads. Where's your head at at this this point? Are you just wanting to wanting to make a? Are you just wanting to make a living out the game? Um, or do you think you, you're good enough to get the championship get back, level or yeah, league one? If I had any advice now, I was pure. I was more wanting to spend my money on, you know, buying clothes and going out over the weekend. That's what every other young person does yeah. in any any other field. But at the end of the day, I was playing at a decent level most weeks as a 19 year old. I was going to get back to a good level again. I just needed to see live like a professional. If I'd have said, "All right, I'm playing in a semi pro league, but I'm going to be a professional." This is what I say to all young kids now. I'm going to be a professional in the semi-pro league, so I'll go to the gym all day and I'll sacrifice that and not go and get a job where I'm standing up or, in my case, flooring. Um, I'll live professionally in a semi-pro league and I will get back there. It may take a season yeah. or two. But when you're a kid... Me you were already there, weren't you? I was there. I was there, there about. I was still getting off of contacts, but, you know... Do you think you had a, a problem with authority? You think your dad, your dad as well? Mm. Like, because you obviously knew what to do, the yeah. hard work, rolling your sleeves up, yeah. how to work from the ground up to get there. Yeah. And then as soon as somebody starts telling you what to do from the higher level, probably, that's where it, it's probably ingrained, yeah, in me. It, it was tough, but me half a lot on the other thing. When I'm playing part-time, I said, oh, I'm just going to sign for Altingham. They've offered me 300 quid a week. I'm fucking... I mean, I went, well, 
you're not sitting in bed all day, Sean, or thinking, you're getting in the van tomorrow. He's old school, do you know what I mean? No one larging around the house. You're in the van and I'm so sitting doing in the trade. Again to, so you're not... Do you get what I mean? So then I'm having long days. I'm learning a trade, albeit, which, thank God, is the best decision I ever made because I've got my own business now, my own shop, and it's been the best thing that's ever happened to me that I've got a trade. So it's a blessing in that thing, but it kind of... Um, going to work all day, then turn up to football overnight, the long days, weeks, and then have a Saturday to try and be at your optimum performance level. It's hard. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. So probably took a dip on the football, but I was making good money at the time. I thought, I've got more money than Sensi, and my dad's giving me 50 quid a day. I'm getting paid off Altingham and money, 18, 19. Do you get what I mean? Life's fucking good here. Yeah. So I didn't mind. I was thinking, maybe I could do this forever, and I'll be all right. Yeah, yeah. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So when you get to Barra, are you working at the same time as well? Um, yeah. Originally, then we went full-time. Right. Yeah. So we joined Alton Gimm, done a season there. They was a very good side. Well, I say that. This manager, we was at Kettering. I went the last year for Chester. First time I've been back since this. This is a funny story, this. So I'm at the service station. Um waiting for the lads. It was like Stoke way to go to Kettering, I think, wouldn't it? We met at Stoke. So uh, this traveller lads went, all right, mate, he said, I've got a load of tellies here in the back of my car. He said, they're robbed in the van. <laughs> You're laughing already. <laughs> I'm 18, still wet behind the ears. So I'm like, yeah. I'm thinking, fucking hell. He said, but I can do them cheap. So he's got two wired up, a 40 inch and a 46. This is Tuesday night. We're going all the way down to Kettering for Altingham. And... Uh, I said, what do you want for me? He said, 100 quid or 150. I've been like, here's one of the big ones. So then the driver started speaking to me. And I said, oh, that one that he was plugging in, he never, he, he made out, he unplugged that, but it was another one. So he gets on the coach, fucking with the telly 18, the manager's looking like, what are you doing? I said, fucking hell, gaffer, these, this fellow was selling them cheap there at the service station. So um, it goes on and Jake Maltz, was just shaking his head. He's been captain there for 10 years. What have you done? He said, I got done with that the other week. He went, that's broke. I went, lad. I said, I don't want to know because you're going to put me in a bad mood before we play Kettering. And they think he beat us like 3-0. So it gets back on the coach, bad nights, all the way back to fucking Altingham now. Opens it. Fucking wires cut off. Telly smashed. I've been done for 150 quid. <laughs> fucking nightmare. But as I say, I'm 18 in a man's world. I don't have a clue, but I'm not. And fucking I have probably more money than sense what it's felt like at the time because you had no bills fucking bastards <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd do I'd only just thought of that because we went to Kettering this year I went to Kettering and seen it and went fucking hell it all come back to me and then if, about two weeks later I'm on my way to the Chester game going to play for Chester pulls up at the petrol station all the Chester lads in my car well the ones from Liverpool some fella goes alright mate uh, do you want to buy a telly <laughs> I went lad I'll fucking knock you while I'll be seeing guns he was like why are you being like that I said I know what the fucking joke is now fuck that oh bastard it sounds too good to be true yeah, it is it normally is it you know what I mean bastard the thing is like, just 
we met probably an hour ago, but you don't seem the type of lad to go looking for trouble. Like, no, honestly, <laughs> honestly, can never say that I have went out the house looking for the fights, anything like that. In school, it was always kind of the lads that picked on people, I'd then beat them up kind of things, you know what I mean? Kind of always tried to look after everyone. But I, I was always getting, my first day at Altingham, my first training session, I've turned up with a fucking cut across my nose. Yeah. I've been boxing in town at the weekend. The manager's like, what? Joe, in football, you're not supposed to say, even if you have been in a scrap, you're not supposed to say, oh, I was out the weekend, yeah, yeah, I was fucking, yeah. end up boxing with these lads. I turned up, but I said it, and everyone was like, you're not fucking supposed to tell the manager you've been out on the piss on the weekend <laughs> and been fighting, but... Yeah, I've never, never, never looked for trouble. That's a bully because I've always been able to hand myself. So if I went out and yo, have a fight with people, that's a bully, that. And that's one thing I've yeah. never been. Tell us um, the Addiston game. Crack about that. Oh, fucking hell. Addiston, so when I left Altingham, Matt Doughty, he was a cracker. He said, Pad, my mate's back on me again, Dave Bayless. Will you sign for Barrow this year? I said, well, I fucking played something like 25 games, but... 10 of them were off the bench at Altingham. I weren't the favourite centre mid. They had two fantastic centre mids who only stopped playing for me the year. Uh, Jake and Simon Richmond. So uh, I went, fuck it. Um, yeah, I'll sign. So he was the manager here. We played the team two leagues below in the FA Cup, the first one of the preliminary rounds. I was on the bench this game. And at half time, you just seen, I think it was an international break as well. So there was all people, this is what people tell me anyway. There was all these young lads about 20 odd, tw between 20 and 30, all walking around, all the battle fans, they all seem to be a little bit older. They don't know what yeah, to yeah. do with that. So I was seeing them all steaming around, running around. I'm thinking, fuck, are they going around the pitch for? Because there's no fighting in non-league fans, or if it is, it's a proper rarity, especially with the battle fans. who was all a bit older and they was never looking for trouble. They were all good people, the battle people. So um, I started dribbling the ball over to have a little look and then... They, they all steamed into the away end and just started knocking 10 bells on anyone they could put their hands on. So there's this old fella and he was getting it. He weren't going down, fair play to him. I've never even spoke to him. I spoke to him on the coach after this happened. Um, he took a few whacks and he was a bit, you know, so I've, on the pitch, I've put my arms around him. I went, get your fucking hands off him, like hitting him. And then I've turned and then there's the pictures that everyone's seen that went in the Daily Mail. I've turned. So all lads on the pitch here. But they don't have a they don't have a clue that I can fight, so I'm just side on with me hand, bang, spins in that, <laughs> puts in that, and then this other kid, he's been chinned. But then there was more than congregating, like hyenas showed away. So I've just said, whoever steps forward first, you're getting that and you're getting sat on your ass. So no one wanted to be the first one. So I've just like backtracked and then I've had to run up the tunnel. So I went into Dave Bayless and he was madder than me, this manager. He played for Luton and all that. And our assistant manager said, Pad, I've seen him kick off in the bar and he's, he's done in 10 fellas by himself. Dave is riled up for it. So I've come in and went, Dave, I said, I've just ended up boxing with a load of fans. He went, have they just kicked off? He went, right, boys, pick a weapon up. He, <laughs> he went, there's no police at this game. He said, they could be coming through the door. So all lads who've never had a fight, they just like this. I always remember Robbie Williams, this sense of half. Like that, a glass fucking Jones of Paul, did you shout? <laughs> He's just stood there like that. So we sat down and I'm like, it's going off here, you know that. So then so, a little um, steward coming and she went, whoever was fighting outside, then you need it. So I thought, here's police, they're going to ask me, I'm going to say, look, I was getting attacked. These fellas are walking at me, going to hit me. They've just been beating up at him. What can I do? Do you know what I mean? I'm looking after myself. So it goes out. And someone's called me a liar on Instagram. Who I mean, Twitter said I was lying about this. Why the fuck would I lie? So it comes out the changing rooms and Dave Bayless comes with me. So a fella, John, them poles that you stand on the floor with the big spike. A fella, big fat fella, baldy fella, standing there like that. 
And he just went, you've just fucking hit my son. So I'm just like, what? Bang, chinned him. And he, to be Straight fair, up. his face was that fat. He swallowed the punch to the mate. He just shook his face. Never moved really. He just went, bug. And then Dave Bayless just grabbed me round the neck and pulled me in and said, lad, you're going to cause murder. So um, we got, it got delayed the second half for about 45 minutes. Could you tell he was, he, he was Well, he was going to do something at the pole and he's like this, so I'm not asking no questions. Fuck. Um, so then we goes out for the second half after about 45 minutes. There's all police here now. Well, not that many really for how many was at the game. And they're all banging on the um, the shed. Paddy Lacey, you're dead after this. Watch this. You're not making the coach. So I'm just poking my head out the shed said, stay that at the end of the game. Not now when fucking the game's going. So Dave Bayless is like, you're causing more fucking trouble. Get you on the pitch. So every time I got the pitch, you're there. They're going, fucking break his legs. So he's just put you on. To keep he's put me way. on. So I'm getting booed, getting heckled. People are throwing things. Then at the end of the game, I come over to the bench and like, see you, you big cunt. What, what was you saying? And I said, I'm going to the coach now if you've got anything to say. Because loads of people say stuff when you're on a fuzzy pitch and they give you stick, but they're never really going to, yeah. you know, and when you call them on it, they all seem to like go behind all. Because yeah. I've had loads over the years, fellas, saying something. So, um, uh, it goes and it goes to the, um, my coach and it was all the Barrow fans and they were waiting for me to thank me for helping this fella because I think he was in the 70s and they went you know what I can't believe what you've done today you were brave and all that but you know I've grew up here and it's a fucking different world so um, I've been like oh don't worry and there was a saying at Sheffield Wednesday we're all Wednesday aren't we that was the, when you used to walk the game, people used to be walking because I had the season ticket for a few years. We're all Wednesday, aren't we? We're all Wednesday. So I went, we're all Ballow, aren't we? Fucking hell. Comes out to the next home game. There was a fucking banner, the length of the fucking Paddy Lacey. We're all went, uh, we're all Ballow, aren't we? They had t-shirts, mate. They were giving me t-shirts. I was like, fucking hell, what have we started? And on Twitter, everyone was saying, we're all Ballow, aren't we? So I started a little uh, craze then. But then that was, I had like a deep thing with the Ballow fans. They were like, not family, that's, that's too far, but they love me and I love them. Then yeah. it started, kick, kick started something. Then I was in the team from then. And then I was in the team till the day I left. To the main, done a good three seasons, I think, at Barrow. To the main, played over under, under not games, under 20 games or something, I think. So, Just thinking uh, about what weapon I'd pick up. Oh, not, in the team. Like, obviously boots, boots. Stand there with boots. But like, you Tactics can punch board. harder. Uh, Here's one for Sean McCauley. You like me saying this because I was sworn to secrecy on the night it happened because you're talking about the tactics, Bob. He goes away in a pre-season tournament to Holland and uh, I'm in a room with Nathan Modders, Vidane Oliver, Vidane plays for Gillingham, now in uh, Cecil Nioni. So uh, Botafogo were in the tournaments, John from Brazil. Yeah. And they had this, it was just, it was the size of this table, a tactics board. Now, I don't know why anyone needs a tactics board that big. <laughs> I don't know. And this is what he was saying. Why have they got a tactics board that big? So as they do, the coaches, they're out on the air every night. And we've won our group and we've got them in the semis. They finish second in their group the next day. So three in the morning, bang, 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 bang. I opens the door, goes, what's happening, Gaffer? His eyes are crossed, he stinks of ale, and he's holding the ball this big. I've got the fucking tactics, son. I'm like, what? I've got the Botafogo board. He's woke up to three lads in the room. Yeah, boys, he's pissed, drunk as a skunk. This is our youth team manager, so no wonder I'm fucked up. And uh, he's going through it, and then he snapped out of it after an hour. I've been like, fucking hell, I've woke up my youth team, yeah. Drunk, he robbed the board. He left the, <laughs> he left the hotel door open. 
Alex Ferguson had to get Lee Sharp and him away from each other because they were both two cannons. So they've left the door open. He snuck in their room, the coach's room for night, and robbed and their his boys. Come in drunk and then waking all his players up. He was round the bend. So then the next <laughs> morning, excited about it. Like yeah, he, like yeah. he broke Enigma. So he broke the cord. Yeah, the next morning, he's banged on our door about seven o'clock. Now he was in our room at half three, and he was like, "Boys, you don't say a fucking word about any of that to any of you team warriors now." So we never said nothing. We end up beating Botafogo, and he's kind of just like <laughs> winking at us. Do I mean say nothing, boys? <laughs> fucking hell, he was a fucking. He was a lady. He's trying to think back to some of the stuff. He was, uh, he was a fucking one of a kind. Eh? <laughs> what are you like off the field at Barra? Are you going out? Are you... Um, at that stage, yeah. Now, I can remember the first time ever I ever took a drug. I never really drank till I was about 19 when I got released from um, Bradford. And I'm out in town and all my mates done and I could, I could always just say, no, nah, I don't, I'd never have anything like that. And I remember saying to me, mate, Conor Duffy, I grew up with me, lived five doors down since I was a baby. And I said, lad, I don't do drugs. I went to my footy player. He went, you're not really the wire. Oh. And that's what come back. Yeah. And you know what? I believed what he told me then. And I thought, well, I am half kidding myself because I'm not in the football league and Bradford just got rid of me. And then that was the gateway then that I took it once trigger. to get them in. And that was the comeback. Yeah, mad. Well, you're not really, are you? So I thought, gone. do you know no, what? I'm not. Well, you're kind of right there. And you know, you all work and I work now. And football's kind of on the back burner. I'm just playing part-time. Yeah. So that was me, me, me little thing in then. I think 19 I was, yeah. And was that you doing it regularly then? No, no, not regularly. If I, if I, if I, if I ever went out then, two months you wouldn't, I wouldn't go out. I'd be, I'd be kicking myself. I'd be depressed. The next day I'd take myself to the gym and I'd, I'd torture myself on the train, uh, on the treadmill because I went out and I'd done that. And I'd be like, why the fuck did you do that? I wouldn't, I wouldn't drink or do nothing then for months. And I never ever got, I don't know why I ever done it again or I wouldn't say, oh, I was depressed and I had it or, it was just kind of maybe it was a good night and it was round me or yeah, no yeah. real mm. no real people like to delve a little bit deep oh you might have done it because of this and nah I just done it then because I said no do you know what I'm not a footy player I'm kidding myself but yeah. what I install kind yeah of what I install into me little brothers is you know if you say you're going to be this person, you're that person 110% of the time. You don't conform because you're around the lads. Well, if you're going to be playing the Premier League, no, mate, I know I'm playing in League Two, the Championship, wherever you are now. I'm going the Prem, so I don't do that. I don't do this. So they've learnt off all this off me. This is all I instill into them two kids, do you know what I mean? So. I mean, I've never touched the stuff. Yeah. But I, simply because I think I'm scared that I'd get. You'd like, I'd like it? I'd have too much yeah. fun. I'd want to do it again. It is. Loads of people are like that, aren't they? So. You Especially need a, football. You need a scaffolding pole as well. Yeah, I'll go through. I'll <laughs> shift a fair amount. I wouldn't like to share a bag with you. With that <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> But at that level, there's, I'm assuming there's no testing. No, no testing anyway. whatsoever. So I, the only test I ever, ever had in football, well, I've had two. One, I failed. So kind of slipped through the net, maybe. If they'd have got me in non-league at a different time, you know, if they did test non-league, they could have sat down and went, look, you failed the test, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd basically said, oh, I'm a floor layer who's living like a footballer, but a, a floor layer who's you know, probably partying like one and playing footy every weekend. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So the culture's changed in the world half and non-league, you know, they're all young lads that are doing it. If, you, if you've got a normal job, you know, they probably are, but not enough's done. I think the testing's very expensive. So I'll do, I'll do the football league or 
the FA combat it. It's a tough one for anyone, isn't it? Mm. Do you know what I mean? To try and ed educating people is probably the best thing. But when you're in non-league, who's going to turn up to an FA education about drugs yeah. and all that? It's fucking hard. So when the move comes, then you, the, the whispers are uh, moving into League Two. To, to Accrington. Does your lifestyle change? Um, Do you think now I'm a, I'm a pro footballer? Yeah, I did, yeah. But what was mad is I've, I've, I've signed for Accrington and we've went away to Portugal pre-season tour. So I'm thinking, right, these are going to be proper professional. They're playing in the Football League. They just missed out on the automatics by a point the season before. They conceded in the last minute. So Bristol Rovers went up and then they played the players, got beat by um, Wimbledon. So I thought these are going to be a good outfit. None of that. Fucking hell, we was on the aisle every night, sneaking out every night. All the lads, I was thinking, fucking hell, these guns are worse than me. These are on the aisle every night. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, so I thought I was going to an environment where it would be their professional and kind of... But, that would rub off on me and I would take to it. But, you know, all the lads love the pints. I'm not saying that they love to go and take drugs. That was kind of me where I come from a non-league floor lane uh, kind of thing. So, yeah, that was... Um, I think that's pretty normal in League Two. Mm. At any level, really, apart yeah. from the Premier League. Go away pre-season. And you're out every and night. There's, there's but the manager went, went with the manager's blessing. We were all sneaking yeah. out, of course. But, you know, we come back on fitter. Then we actually left, but it was great team bonding, you know what I mean? It was, that's what, what it's there to do, isn't it? It's all together, 24 yeah. hours a day, and, you know, all new faces, because a lot of them moved on because they done well. But you know, like you made saying to you, yeah, but you're not, though, are you? Mm. But now you are. Yeah. Now I am, I know, yeah. It's flipped the script. Did you go from part-time to full-time? Oh, yeah. So when we won the league, we won the conference. Barrow got bought by a fella, um, Paul Casson from America who left Barrow years before with a dollar and a dream as they say and he come back and bought his Boyle club and he was worth millions and millions so he pumped a load of money in and uh, I sat down with dad in Edmondson and uh, the manager I went I said you're going to need to pay me well I said because I ain't good money on the floor and I said and when you win the league everyone in that league wants to sign that centre mid who played all the games and then he gave me a good offer and I went you know what Gwed, I'll, give, I'll give it a whirl then this full time stuff so it took me foot off me van then, so I mean, wearing the van yeah. and tried to steam ahead with the full-time football. And I was done that for a year in the conference and then I went to Accrington then. And at that point, is your, are your aspirations to... Yeah, football will come back into my life yeah. then. I told yeah. you know what, well, I'm full-time and these have come calling, right, we'll kick on with this. Back up the ladder in a way. Yeah. You've, you've come down and then mm. that's a chance for you to fucking... To really kick on. Yeah. And you know what, the first few months of Barrow, I mean, um, Accrington couldn't have went any better. So I really fitted in, always win all the running pre-season, dead fit. And then he had a good team that had just um, hadn't went up by a point during the automatics. Yeah. So he knew and he kept the nucleus of that team, probably had to add a few. So in my position, he still had this two centimetres from the year before. So I was, as we say, you know where you are in the pecking order. I was third place. But fair play to me, mate, Scotty Brown in pre-season. Um, I was training dead well. And he, he said to the gaffer, I went, gaffer, come on. I've been in this kid's shoes at, well, am I there, 22, 23. You know, he's running all over me every day and saying, he needs to play gaff. I'm 33, would have been something like that. Oh, so he was a centre midfielder? He was centre mid and he spoke to Cole. He went, lad, I've even told him myself because he was going through a little bit off the pitch and he went right. And the manager was like, no, Scott, you know, you've fucking played 40 odd games for me last season, got me to second in the league. And, uh, Play Fair yeah. play, that's what Scotty's like. He's as honest as he come. I love him. He's, he's still one of my best mates to this day. He's for, well, one of my best mates in football that I've ever met. And then, funny enough, he's went. So I got Golden Month on Sky 
for this fucking goal I scored against Portsmouth, but I was never supposed to play. I was on the bench and he was bringing me on, centre forward, sent in the hole, fucking right back or whatever. And uh, this was my first start. But Scotty, I think they'll find out now. Scotty had a wedding, his best mate's wedding. He won't mind now because he's retired. His best mate's wedding. So he's phoned in and said, look, I'm not well. To the main, but really he didn't want to tell him. Fucking my best mate, I'm best man. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I've turned up, I find him out there, haven't I? But fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so it turns up and then so, she told you beforehand. Listen, I've got it. Yeah, he told me that he he, yeah. he had this wedding, do you know what I mean? So I was doing his pocket to get the main. He was doing his speech, he was his best mate. So uh, I've turned up and Jimmy Bell's been like, lad, you're starting. This uh, Saturday morning. This Saturday morning. Phone your dad. He went, you're starting today against Portsmouth, big game. Um, I went, lad, he's fucking fitting carpet, so I phoned my dad, because it weren't nailed on, he might have put it another centimetre, and I didn't know what he was going to do, yeah. pick after it, but I had a good, strong chance that it would be me or another lad, Steve. So I uh, phoned my dad, lad, I can't make it, fucking up the wall. Anyway, please, <laughs> fucking scores this fucking, it was a good goal, golden one, it was funny though, so little Michael Doyle plays for Portsmouth, Paul Cook was the manager of Atkinson, then he went to... Portsmouth and he, he took a few of the Atkinson players that he liked so we had a lad with us he was probably one of the best players I've ever played with to this day Adam Buxton he took him um, he done pre-season with us and was you know, thinking on with Coley I want more money I want more money but he had Portsmouth going on in the background comes to Portugal as a fucking great week's old he <laughs> fucking does his running gets himself in decent neck and signs for Portsmouth but he was still quite close to us you know, in our group chats and all that so that week on the build-up I'm a floor layer by trade and John Coleman bought a big house up in Southport, big boss house and he's got on me flooring. So I went to all right, I said, he said, can you get this done by the end of the week? I'm like, well, not really because I, I was a one-man army at the time. I went, but for you, Coley, I said, I'll fucking do it. I said, but, you know, it's not ideal, but he never knew Scotty was going to throw one in come the weekend. So I'm fitting all kinds, should have seen the size of this house. <laughs> I'm fitting all kinds of carpets, but I'm sending videos to the boys saying, this cheeky cunt has got me doing this and I've got running in the morning because I'm on the squad. So I'm videoing it all and bucko, must have told this Michael Doyle saying uh, he's only playing because he's fitted the gaffer's carpet all <laughs> so like as I'm playing it's my first start this Doyle's gone lad you're a floor layer aren't you what are you doing on the pitch you're only playing because you fitted this carpets and I've went half and fuck off you you're all cunt I've lost your head or not you, did you, um, I was just saying lad you can't run you little pudding <laughs> so shut up I'll run all over you and then anyway I've scored the goal 80 something minute bent it in top corners then running back and I've went hey not bad for a fucking carpet fit it wasn't lad <laughs> And then at the end of the game, he comes straight over to me, shook my hand and went, you know what, decent banter. And then one of the lads, Sean McConville, was in the airport and he comes across as a bit of a prick on the pitch, him, because he's mouthy, he'll do you in a tackle and he wants you, he wants you to put you off your game, obviously. And Sean had a pint with him in the airport and said, you know what, he's an absolute fucking, he's a boss fella. Quick breaking player. But we don't mind a breaking play when we're talking about our favourite VPN service, do we? Can you use a different terminology? No, I like that one. That's why I've used it for the last 17 years. <laughs> uh, oh, we're just going to have a minute. We're just going to have a minute for yeah. our favourite VPN service, not VPN, haven't we? Excellent service, Chris. Oh, unbelievable. Do like the fact that all my banking's secure. Kind of security does it have, Chris? Military style. Military style security. security. For all those that don't know, NordVPN is the best VPN service and it protects all your passwords, all your bank details, all, all the stuff that you don't want people getting their hands on. One of the best things you've brought to my life lately, young Sheldon. Yes. See, I told you you'd get into it, didn't I? And I'm pleased 
you said mentioned about getting the last episode. Yeah. Last That's series. It. Unbelievable. Is it good? Yeah, he bounced oh, over to Cuba. Yeah. You were watching it. Tell me all about it. Get on it. Sat there with a cigar while you're watching yeah. a Spe- Especially now the football season started, because there's maybe there's games that you can't watch over here. You can bounce your location to other countries, and then all of a sudden you're in them countries and you can watch them games. It's class, isn't it? I mean, I know, can we say this, but Matty gets a lot of Leeds games on links and stuff like that, and it's, it's a nightmare. Buffering and all that. No, yeah, that's no, no, not with, not with our VPN. The last thing you want is your flash scores popping up on your phone and there's a goal gone in and you've you're 10 minutes behind yeah he's just like, taking oh, corner fuck me, like, the oh, for down. God's sake. Have we still got a 33 day trial chrissy no oh what? no 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 what, no pulled the plug we're coming oh no 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 they've they've come with a bigger bag of sweets surely not oh and the, and the better ones and all <laughs> what did we have before a month free trial no 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 four months free trial unreal four months free trial plus 30 day money back guarantee so that's a third of the year, free. Yeah, absolutely free when you sign up to NordVPN. So all you've got to do is go to www.nordvpn.com slash kosh. You'll get a massive discount, four months free, and 30-day money-back guarantee. See, can't say any more than that. Even if you never, if you use it very sporadically. It's worth it. If you watch two games a month. You've got four months to, to, to get to grips with Accustomed it. Accustomed to it. Yeah. Fuck it, I'm doing it. I was running, where was it when you uh, were the fitness coach? Fitness coach? When you said oh, to come for a walk? Hell. Yeah. So was it Accrington? That was at Accrington, yeah. So there was a few things. Obviously, we'll go on to it, but this was the first thing at Accrington and it made like the manager, I mean the chairman, chairman is a well-to-do fellow. He's done dead well. He's from Accrington. Plays a pre-season game. Coley put me captain, like one of the second, he split the two teams, put me captain anyway. 10 minutes in, this centre-half just done me. If he hit me on my knee, my knee would have folded like a deck chair, but he hit me on my thigh. So I just had all big, deep wounds. So I tried to play on. After 10 minutes, I said, lad, get me off, I can't run. So I come off and John Coleman went, lad, I've been involved, football, what is he, 60, 50, something years. He said, that's the worst tackle I've ever seen. He said, oh, your career's not over, I don't know. Big six foot three centre-half done me like that. So I sat down and fuming, I'm thinking, fucking hell, I've had a couple of knee-ops already at this point. I thought, I hope that's not a fucking knee-op and it's going to happen like Joe Bradford. A couple of knee-ops and yeah. I'm playing catch ball. Yeah. So all this is going through my head. So I'm starting to boil a little bit on the coach, on the bench, sorry. I'm thinking, I'll fucking tell that cunt at half-time. So it goes over to the centre-half at half-time and says, lad, I said, have you seen me like? I said, how the fuck? And to be fair to him, he's from over the water, I think, Birkenhead or something, he went, um, Lad, I've just got off a beach yesterday, I'm miles off, and I'm sorry about that. I went, all right, lad, fucking hell. And then this big cunt, the fitness coach, big lump, they called him John Coffey because he looked like that fella off um, <laughs> Green Mile. Green Mile, he was that same stature and that build. He shouts something as we're walking down, so what the fuck's he saying up there and all this because I'm complaining about the tackle? So John Coleman puts his arm on him, says, oh, relax, big fella, fucking hell. And he went, anyone puts their hands on me in this tunnel, I'll fucking go mad or something. So I went, listen, you big dickhead. I said, you can't fight, so stop thinking you're hard down, Because <laughs> I've never really had, I've never really had fights with football, because most lads are not really fighters. There probably is the odd few, like your Curtis's and that, but not really. No one's in the fight. Yeah, I know, but like, what you realise, if you are fighting quite often, that the big fellas never really have to fight, do they? Because their appearance puts yeah. most people off, Post but bit, when yeah. they actually come to it, they don't even know how to fucking hold their hands up, and it's fucking checkmate, you can just... <laughs> 
get one in on them. <laughs> so I've come into the change rooms and then all players are obviously scared because he's a big lump. I'm mean, like, don't kick off with him. He's so I'm just like, all right, boys, they've known me two weeks. All right, the lads sound, sorry. So then it comes out and I walk past the bench. I'm limping bad. I've had my shower. I said, see you, you big cunts. I said, I'm coming over to you at the end of the game. I'm going to see what you've got to say. And this is kind of non-league paddy. So the behaviour of non-league yeah. floor there. When really, I'm at a proper football club here and I'm trying to kickstart my career and I'm still behaving. So going out partying, acting like this. It's embarrassing really when I think about it. And then he stands up and he's giving it all this. There's all fans behind this, the stand and they can hear us all arguing. So then John Coleman and Jimmy went, stop causing trouble. So it made it look like it was me that had caused this because I'd approached the centre half and then yeah, yeah. told the daughter, look, I must look like a divvy. I went, all right, sound, forget about it. So I limps onto the pitch at the end and I go straight over to him. Unbeknown to me, Jimmy Bell, the assistant manager, he's behind me, Jimmy, and he, just, he probably wanted to see if it was a trouble cause and I would handle this situation. So I went over to him and went, lad, yeah, there's my hand. I went, forget about it, it was only a tackle. Bearing in mind, I was out for about a month. But yeah, it was only a tackle. He went, he pulled his hand, I went, I'm not shaking your fucking hand. So then I've half snapped then and I put my hand around his waist. I said, well, if you want to have a fight, I said, if we start fighting on the pitch now, I said, there's 22 lads that are going to split this up. If you want to really go, I said, let's take a walk. Let's go to the car park or go and walk down the road so we can proper have it off and see how we get on. So we just looked down. I was like, what? Fucking no way or something. Or, are you, oh, you being serious is what he said. So I went to 100%. So we go, come on. So he walks off and I'm limping behind him and Jimmy Bell grabbed my arm. He went, are you serious? I went, Jim, these big fellas can't fight. Trust me, I've seen enough of them in town. So we're walking <laughs> off. He goes past this changing room. His ass started to go down. He went, fucking, he went, this isn't like when I'm a player and I can fight. I'm, I'm staff now. I went, look, it, it's time to fight. I've only got one leg. I said, your ass is going. I said, come on. So then he steams down, starts walking. <laughs> Jimmy Bell's directly behind me. And as you go out to Staley Bridge Ground, there's two doors you've got to get through. Fair play to Jimmy Bell. He held the door and just went, go and let them do whatever. But he wouldn't have, you know, a big their team, our team, it could have ended up in you know, yeah. pandemonium. So it goes outside, lo and behold, he didn't even know how to fucking hold his hands up, just bang, right hand, he's on his back, so then all these players have fucking muscled past Jimmy. So I'm standing over him saying, lad, I fucking I knew what was going to happen here. And then this big centre half, this is the funniest thing, he'll know who he is, whoever the kid is. He's come out with his top off all in shape, six foot three. And then he's looked, he's fucking, he's like, <laughs> back behind the door. So we, had, we got beaten again 3-1 and it kind of just mashed over. We played shit, we've been booted everywhere. And John Coleman was like, look boys, it's just something to go in the memory book. Paddy's end up knocking out this fucking fella. And uh, <laughs> something for the memory book. Yeah, so that was so then that was the fit the chairman phoned me on the way home. He went, Please tell me that you haven't just knocked out one of their staff in the car park of a piece and I'm just like, Oh my god. I went, Yeah, I said, sorry, I'd seen a bit of red mist and he fucked me off for his handshake. I said, I tried to apologise, even though it was me that's gonna be out for a month. I said and he fucked and he went, Well, I spoke to Jimmy. He said, and Jimmy said, Where you're from if someone fucks your handshake off, you know, you've got to fucking you've got to go you and mix it. So I got I gotta pass that time. But then obviously, as you went along, I failed the drug test, went to prison. So by the time I come out of prison, I went straight into Wackington. He, he was too far gone, Andy, to get him back on board, to try and make him believe in me that I was a reformed character. And I, you know, give me a chance. He must have thought, he done that pre-season, failed the drug test, and then he's ended up in prison. How far were you into your contract then with this, when the drugs thing happened? So I got tested at the end of November. We only got a one-year deal off Wackington. Um, but I was doing well. He ended up... We played Bradford City away in the FA Cup 
and I'm right back got injured. So I played a few games uh, full-back for Barrow towards the end of the previous season. So I said to Coley, I went, lad, I said, I'll play right back, don't worry. He went, man, we watched you, you was the centre mid and that. I went, nah, I played right back towards the end. I went, I played a load of games there. Kind of half winging it, but I had played there. He went, right, sounds you're playing. I played, played really well. When was this then? This was it the beginning of the season or? It's like September or October. So I was kind of in the team then for yeah. a good few weeks, right back. While this kid, uh, Zach Viner, who was at Bristol City, he, he pulled his tie or done something. So I was in, and then as soon as he come back, I think he might have added in his deal, but I never used to think about stuff like this. I was going to say, he come you know, straight when... back in, I played six games and played well. And then this kid has just come straight back and seen me and thought, done well for fucking six yeah, games, yeah. yeah. Do you so know, you thought, I, but just, it's probably in his deal that he had to play, do you know what I mean? But you, you don't think that far long. Yeah, so I've just thought, I'm going out, and I hadn't been out for I don't know how long. That's what I was going to say. When you're in the team, are you still. Going out, taking drugs. Nah, I went because we used to meet of a. I never really went out with my mates. Then I used to more go out with the Accrington lads of a Sunday. So we'd yeah. do, we, when we were doing well, we'd all meet by um, Liverpool, Lime Street, and I'd go out with them of a Sunday. Probably if I'm full of times, but this is only fucking the first half of the season. So I used to love me Saturday night, whether I was in the team or not. Mm. I used to like train all week. Yeah, you had the play or you're on the bench or whatever. But I used to like going out on a Saturday. Yeah, but. But was that just a head loss for you? Um, Putting him straight back in? Yeah, it was a head loss for me. But, you know, I never, you maybe wouldn't go out, but there was quite a big drinking culture at Accrington at the time. I don't know whether it was now. The lads loved the red wine on the back of the coach. So on the way home and that. So, but then that weekend, I just remember, as soon as he said it, you know, you're waiting for your name. I knew I weren't going to play centre mid, so I'm just waiting for the right back's name. Not playing, bastard, you cheeky cunt. He's only been training two days. You fucking winding me up. I must be shite. All them things that said in your head. Thought I was doing well. I'm kidding myself. I need to get back in my van. I'm going to get fucked off full time. All these things swirled around. And I remember Jimmy Bell. He waited for me, the assistant, when Coley went out and went, lad, I feel proper sorry for you. You know, you don't deserve it. Fucking keep your head on. I'm just thinking, fuck off. I can't wait to go out tonight. And then that was the night I fucking went and drank a load of fucking ale and put some drugs up my nose and fucking fucked me footy clear up. And that's how quick it can happen. Yeah. Do you get the mean from uh, the kids? And, you know, I just played six games and a bounce done well. Played centre middle, all the games done well. Scored that goal. Do you know what I mean? So, was there no um, hesitation from you in terms of the consequences? No, not in terms of like, could get yeah. drug tested. It's like you, you want. It's mad, Joe. If you go for a little drink, say with me, bed, I don't pick the pints up and go. Joe, where I'm trying to get drunk, I'm yeah. trying to get out of a certain frame of mind, a little oldie away from whatever's Joe torment me. Yeah. I just have a casual drink, my baby sit down, I don't get drunk. But this is like, right, I don't want to feel the way I am now, so boom, I'm fucking drinking until, you know, I can't make sense of it all. I mean, it's one of them as well. If you didn't have a midweek game, it would have been fine. Go out on a Saturday. Been, so exactly. you must have been. So I actually fucked off training on the Monday. So I just went, oh, why, why am I breaking my back and training, running around all day? That's the type of person I'm in training, fucking. So I only know one way. And I'm sitting in bed on the Sunday thinking, I feel like shite here. Probably on a come down, feel terrible. And just thought, why, why would I go to training tomorrow? Run around like a blue arse fire like I have been for months, only to be dropped after playing well for so many games. So just texted the physio, said, oh, I feel a little bit dicky, I'm not going. And then... Which not fishy because I don't believe Coley would have done it, but Coley rang me 
or he told the physio saying, you know, there's a good chance that I'm going to play because that kid had only just went back in. He'd been struggling and two games in a week was probably a little bit too much for him. So I'm in bed and I'm thinking, fucking couldn't even be arsed though. I'm sure he rang me and asked me, Coley, just please, can you come? And I thought, fuck it, go ahead. I'll come and I felt obliged to go because he needed me, even though he dropped me on the weekend. So it turns up to the game and then at half time, Teddy Gornell went, hey lad, there's fucking drugs testers here, you know. And I just went, what? Fuck it, hell, no way. But then I just started, boom, big bottles of water, just swigging, swigging, swigging. And went onto the pitch and I could just feel my belly. I had that much water and I'm just thinking, God forbid, fingers, just give me a touch. I'll never take a drug again in my life. Please don't. And then I remember jumping up for another and I was thinking, if I stay down here, because our heads clashed, what happens? Will I get tucked to the hospital? With concussion yeah. and live to fight another day. These are all the yeah. things I'm trying yeah. to play footy at the same time. Thinking I need a way out. Or I know I know lads that have just ran away just at the end of the game. I'm not doing yeah. what you tell me to do. See you later, mate. And just jumped in a car. Is that the first time you've done it as a pro footballer? Um, yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah. I may have done it on a night out before that with yeah. me, mate. I don't know. I'd be lying to tell you that if yeah, I had to remember yeah. whether it did or it didn't. So to me, it'd be a lie. So to my knowledge, probably, yeah. And the, on that yeah. Sunday, I bet you're thinking, I've obviously done that last night. I don't want to go in tomorrow and run the yeah, risk. Of, run the risk, so stay out in, yeah. in case. But if if the fucking hell would have been the best thing in the world if they did come in because I would have got a rehabilitation order. So you need to go and see someone for three months. No one finds out between me, you and the club. The lads wouldn't even know about it. Only that right? Yeah, because yeah. it, it would have been a training rather than It would have been a training. Game. So we would have had to sit down and you would have said, yo, this is in your system. You're not playing, or I think you're allowed to play, but you know, we've got to give you education as to why you've done it. So that's what goes on. But because they tested me on a Tuesday, it's instantly four year ban because it's classed as a stimulant. Sports enhancing. Sports enhancing. So state away, you've got to sh show that you haven't sucked that to, you know, improve your, improve your sport performance. performance. So, and then it goes to two years, and then it's, you know, where do, where do you go from two years to? Some lads are just so stuck at two years, and it is what it is. But I was trying to explain to them, like, where my mindset was at at the time and why I've done it and all that and they're like well that's not normal behaviour you're self-medicating there so, but that's all I've knew so, yeah. so the, the, the game's going on off. the game's going on and your head's obviously elsewhere when that whistle yeah. goes are you just thinking right so I'm just please. thinking please 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 and as I'm walking just some fella goes uh, Paddy Lacey to test and like the feeling fuck me I've had some bad feelings obviously judges sending you to jail you're getting a custodial sentence today that was nothing compared to this feeling so this was a proper rock rock bottom feeling where you feel sick the only way I can explain it to any gamblers that I've ever had it when you've done in your last penny and there's nothing left and you're thinking oh my because I've done that once in my life it was that same feeling you're just like you're gone your head's gone so I went into the changing rooms and I'm just thinking, fucking hell, I was thinking to me, mate, Terry Gornell, because we half looked a bit similar. So if I put my fucking top on, if I put his top on now, I'll say, oh no, it was him, because we both fucking dark skin brown here. Do you mind, but you've got your fucking number on your shorts. I'm thinking, twat, I'm done, I'm done. So let's go and take the and test. The man mark you as well, don't yeah, they? Yeah, man mark you. Did you confide in any of the lads that... On the coach, as soon, yeah. as soon as I got on the coach after it, obviously it must have went on like boiled shite, you know what I mean? It was all like that. And then um, they were like, oh, you're all right, mate, you're all right. I was just like, lads, I'm fucked, mate. Do you know what I mean? That's me, I'm fucked. So then they were like, no, you're messing. And then people were saying, lad, if it, if it was on Saturday and it's Tuesday night, you sound, honestly. 
So then everyone was telling me that, and then people were lads were ringing lads from other clubs that had been out or years gone by. No, these have retired, these players, and ringing saying, "Remember you had a drug test when I was a kid, and you said you'd been out that weekend and you'd done this." Yeah, yeah. On the Tuesday, I was saying that. Don't worry. So as the weeks were on, we played Woking in the FA Cup, and someone must have got injured because I was back in centre mid. I was back in centre mid, and I didn't really play that well. And Coley went to me, "Lad, you haven't been yourself this week." So would you, are you, you're not worried about that test and I'm lying to him go, nah, I'm sorry, sorry Gaff, just bad week. Here's what it is, I just haven't, yo, I haven't been on it this week, sort myself out. So after that week went by and then nothing was, so um, no drug testers have phoned in 10 days or something, I'm starting to think, I'm a fucking way with it now. So then I got I had my tail up, I was back, I'd, I forgot about it. So yeah. another week went by, we played someone, plays well. And then we think, I'm sure it was the third week. We played late in audience. I started in the old. We had a few. Someone got sent off or something. Ended up right back. Oh no, centre half ended up. And uh, on the Tuesday, he phoned me. So I've well forgot about it. three weeks ago now. And then he phoned me. He went all right, son. I went all right. Call you. Went. Are you sitting down? I went. Why? He went. You failed the drugs test, lad. And then I've, I, I had forgot about. It. I just went. What? I went. I haven't. You know. I said there's no way. Just straight job. Yeah. On the defensive, I haven't. Mate, honestly, Coley. Honestly, I saw it. And he was like, Pad, the club gets old. You can't be in the job within the the club. You can't be anyway. You've got to sit. You've got to get along. Get hold of the PFA, and you've got to sort it. So I'm just sitting, and I was like, Oh my fucking god, what do we do now? So you can't go back to the club at I all? I can't go back to the club. And so communication-wise, is that just you and the PFA? Just me and the PFA. Now that's all I've got. Thank God that you've got them. Joe, someone to confide in a bit, do you know what I mean? So then spoke to the PFA. They said, yeah, it's in your system. This, that, and the other. Come in, spoke to them. And then when I was relaying, Joe, how I'd ended up taking drinks and drugs, they were like, well, that's not normal. So, so like, you get dropped from the team and you're thinking about you want to go and get rotten drunk and take drugs and... So then they were like, speak to, they sent me to a, a great fella called Dave Kirk on Old Hall Street in Liverpool, who was a psychologist. And what was the strange thing was, you, obviously you get banned now. You get a ban and you're told it's two years. And if there's any mitigating circumstances, you bring that argument forward and say, look, you weren't in the right frame of mind, like any type of trial. So um, it was in the May, I had to go to Wembley. So no football now from December to May just basically boxing that's what started the love for boxing then I'd had a few fights at Barrow messing about won them and then I thought I need something to keep my head right here because I will go low into depression so I started boxing and I, I boxed for Merseyside and Cheshire our region over in Denmark I beat a national champion then I thought uh, so you straight away gone into boxing. I need to put. I, I was even going to start running to like as much as I could because I needed something and I weren't allowed to play football. So um, the May I was down up on the. Uh, it was like a trial at Wembley, but it's all it's all planned out before you get there. That it's all, that is just all. They've got to say that they've done this to get the main. So I'm standing in the room with Simon Barker, fellow from the PFA. I think he's a bit higher up now. He went, I think you're going to get 14 month ban. What are you looking at? Worst case scenario? Two years. They're not going to knock, knock, knock. knock. They'd already, I'd already established that it weren't for performance and answering. Yeah. So it was that two years. But Jake Livermore, the year before, he got zero ban because he said he weren't in the right frame of yeah. mind. But his was probably a little bit deeper the root cause. But if you're not in the right, um, you know, what's it called your cognitive cognitive thinking if yeah. that's you know impaired you know it's impaired whether it's for this or it's impaired for that it's so that's all relative isn't it yeah, yeah. so um, 
I was thinking, oh, I, I might just get a, a touchy and they say, look, this is the first time I've ever tested, you've messed up, but these aren't people like me and you that would think that way or even a court would give you your first chance and say, you know, you've messed up, this, that and the other. So, um, yeah, he said, you're going to get a 14-month ban. I said, how do you know that? I said, I've come down here to try and get nothing, have I? He said, I've been right about the last five or six. He said, I've been right even to the month. So I'm like, how do you know the month that everyone's got? Walks in the room, the years, the thing, you know, 14-month ban. So I walks out, I've done six months. So I, I had, to, I would only be allowed to play next season by the end of next season, the last fucking few weeks of the season, I think it ran yeah. into like March or something like that. My match could be off, but... So I just remember going back to fucking Wembley and Coley's rang me. He wrote me a statement, Coley, saying, you know, look, we took this lad from non-league. He showed promise. Yeah, he's messed up. Uh, we've spoke to him, the club and this, that and the other. I had all types of, you know, things off people saying, you know, he's worked on the tools for us, Bogan's carpet since he was a kid. I had England boxing, Alan Lynch saying, you know, he helps the kids, coach them of a night. He's a good kid, you know what I mean? If he's made the mistake, I hope he's looking on him fondly. They're not asked about any of that. It's, it's black and white. Do you get what I mean? It's a waste of paper, as in, you say. In that six months, is there anything in the press? Nothing, nobody, from a fan's perspective, no. they don't know why you're not playing. No, but the rumours were circulating. Obviously, you told a few lads probably go home, tell the birds, and yeah, you know, yeah. it was going round. Do you get what I mean? Did it ever get out? Yeah. At the, so at the time? At the time, literally, by the time I'd um, left that Wembley, it was on their website by the time I got on the train at Houston. So straight away, we've done that today. That's the news today. It's on the way home. It's fucking come out. And I'm just like that. And do you know what me, What I'm thinking? Thank God I didn't fucking sell me work, fan. At least I can work. Do you know what I mean? At least I've got a trade. Yeah. Fortunately, that I had to fall back on that. I didn't have nothing because it's the only trade ever. I don't know whether... I've never been struck off on a building site. You know, the way some lads get piss tests. You can never work on another building site up and down the country. You may get sacked off that one. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, or, but you, you can move. You can move to another one and get another job. You know, in our game... You know, I couldn't go to no one, go nowhere, do nothing. Yeah, yeah. What, um, you what's know. the process with the club in terms of so to you be fair paid? To, to be fair to Ackington, mine was an uh, incentive-based pro uh, contracts overplayed. I got all, even in the squad, I got decently paid, but then I was on a flat rate that weren't much, but they continued to pay me right the way till the end. Did they have to do that? They didn't have to do that. They could just like the breach, is day. it like a breach of contract or anything? That no, as soon as that comes in, they could have sacked me, but they were good to me, Ackington. And they kind of held back and they wanted it all to be kept within uh, if, the, club, the, the way right? they explained to me, if this doesn't come out, we're gonna you you're all like you're gonna get a new deal and we're just gonna fucking give you this one chance. So I'm my hopes of pinning on this, and I even said it at the FA, you know, look, if you if you don't bring it out, I've got a chance to resurrect yeah. my career and I've learned from this, I'll never do it. Fucking they brought it out, didn't he? So then Coley, I remember Coley was the one that told me it's come out. Do you know what I mean? He went, lads, fucked, you know, Pad. Because Ackington's name had been drugged through the mud before, years gone by, yeah. I think, betting or... Yeah, the match-fixing thing. So he, he was like, lad, you know, we're, and they were top... We, oh, no, we weren't top then. We were top the year after when I come out of jail. But, you know, he was he was going like that, and he was just like, Pad, there's nothing I can do. So then the next month, fucking Glastonbury, you know? How was it telling your dad, mum and dad? Oh, When did that, that come was the way, I couldn't tell him at first. So that must have happened December, and I... Three weeks, I never told him, and Jimmy Bell's on me every day. Have you told him? You need to tell him, you need to tell So I was like, fuck. Uh, Liverpool just beat Everton uh, at Goodison. Last minute, Manny, if you can ever remember the goal. 
So my half fella was absolutely buzzing. I told him, just gonna have to tell him now because he's up here. This will probably bring him level here because he's buzzing. So I just went, Dad. I went, Dad, I've got something to, I need to speak to you about. And he's loads of things are swelling through. I said, like, what the fuck is he going to tell me? He's got a bird pregnant, he's got this. I went, Dad, I felt those things. He went, fucking hell, son. He went, I thought, like, you had cancer or, like, there was some bad thing. I went, no, I said, but Dad, I'm, I can't go. He thought, like, I was just going to get a tell not from the club. And he said, what are you doing that shit for? He said, but I've been saying to your man for years, you're the only fella that goes out after football at six o'clock and comes o'clock, comes in at six in the morning. He said, it's impossible. He said, I've drank my whole life, son. He said, Come 12, 1 o'clock, you can't drink no more. You need a taxi home and a kebab. <laughs> so, I mean, so um, he was on me anyway. My mum was like, as if he's too intelligent, he'd never do that. He's told you. So, we, my car was marked with my half fella. And uh, he, he just knew I was choked up. I don't, I don't think I cried. Maybe, and my half fella just knew he put his eyes on me and went, Son, don't worry about this. You're going to come out of this okay. Fucking. I bet that was a big weight off your shoulders as oh, well. Oh, it was unbelievable. I know, because we slagged him at the start of this podcast, but in any <laughs> situations like this, he's, he, he, you know, that's a proper dad to me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He could have said, you've fucked everything up. You've been flying for Atkinson this season. You've been doing well. You're only 22. You was only going up. You had all agents phoning him, phoning me, saying, you know, we've got these after him. These are after him. Do you know what I mean? Because all Atkinson do is move them on, don't they? And then, you know, I kind of messed it all up, but he was great. Even at the start, though, I know he's saying we slagged him off. Everything that he's done is for your benefit. Oh, yeah, he probably loved me a bit too much. Yeah, That's yeah. what I say to me, Dad, because he beats himself up about it. I said, Dad, you loved me too much and I was your superstar before the other two bastards come along. <laughs> <laughs> I was your little superstar, so, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, fuck, mate. That's the one thing, though, if it was me, getting to that, I just wouldn't want it out in the press. I'd yeah. do anything I could. Mm -hmm. Just. But I had it once, obviously, with the drugs test that it all come out, so that kind of, so when it come out, Joe, you know, that I was in prison and then it was going in the paper again, when I rang my dad in prison and he went, son, it's coming out, so your mate, your mate worked for the Echo and um, he said, they're putting this in and I've told them you're a good lad, it's our local paper, you're a boss lad, you do this, you do that, you... And uh, he went, put the putting it in. So my half was got I went, fuck them anyway, dad, I stopped caring about people when that went out. And it's a, it's a liberating thing, Joe. When you stop caring what people think, I could not give a monkeys what anyone thinks about me anymore. And it's proper made me. Because singing to people's hymn sheets and just, I'm not asked. If you like me, like me. If you don't, don't. And that comes as you get older. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I think when you're young, you want everyone to like you. You want to be in every group. You want to be, do you know what I mean? But as you get older, it's, that's just the way. You can't be everyone's cup of tea. And it's today's news, tomorrow's fish and chip paper. Yeah. And the show goes on, doesn't it? Do you know what I mean? They'll be talking about something else tomorrow. <laughs> so, it's mad, though, isn't it? Because that ban, that's when your boxing thing started, wasn't it? Cause... Well, that was the rebirth, wasn't it? Well, not the rebirth. That was the start of something then. And I kind of I trained that hard to go away to Copenhagen with the region. Done dead well there. And then people were talking about me a bit. I won four fights. I think I'd stopped three out of the four. And then, like, I was coming back to my amateur gym. I'm sure I confided in my coach, Paul Edwards. I told him what was going on. I didn't want anyone to know, but I told him. Yeah, I must have, because I, they got the letters writ for me. Joe, yeah, so yeah. I must have told the club. And he was like, well, lad, if you, if nothing happens here, would you fussy? You can box, you've got ability. Dig your teeth into this, you're only 22, 23, 23. Um, start this, I was like, fuck it, I was only doing this for a laugh, but you know, it's getting me head on something. Yeah, because by the way, you could have easily had another head loss. The head loss I was not getting went, picked for the team, but you could yeah. have gone. I could have went even further, yeah, and you might have found me, I could have been doing whatever with anyone's, you know what I mean? So, fortunately, I kept a grasp of some type of normality with being having and me focus. on trade, focus, yeah. yeah, and going to the gym every night, and that kind of brought me through that sort of sandwich. Going back, 
the first two weeks of failing a drugs test, well, that was the toughest two weeks of my life, that, because I never told my mum and dad. So I was going to the Total Fitness. I had no energy to train because I was depressed. You don't want to get out of bed. But I had to get out of bed because I, my dad had clicked onto it then. Yeah. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? So I'm, <laughs> I'm fighting, I just want to laze around all day. Didn't I? So I'd go to the gym, I'd sit there for four or five hours and wouldn't do nothing. Yeah. I'd try and do something, I'd fight myself to do it, but I had no energy. And I'd just be like, and then I'd go to Sean and I'd be like, right, if I go home now, he's not going to be on it. So then I'd go in here. I was training, yeah, right. You went in the squad the weekend. Why aren't you in the squad? What's going on? You fell out with him. I'd be like, nah, nah, nah. I said, Dad, I've been struggling with me hip. And he'd be like, and then after the he's like, something's gone on and you're not saying yeah. it. I thought, he's going to find out soon anyway, so I'll just tell him yeah. tonight. He's just delaying the inevitable, aren't you? Yeah, you know, it's like, it is what it is. Full Monty, when he gets when he gets dressed and puts his suit on every morning when he's lost his job. <laughs> <laughs> when he gets his vacation, yeah. <laughs> goes for a walk around the park. Uh, so, <laughs> and then fucking Glastonbury comes. So after I boxed for the region in Copenhagen, there's a big tournament, big amateur boxing tournament. It's it's world renowned, the Harringay tournament at the Alley Pally. Now teams fly in from Canada, all over the place to enter this tournament. So I trained that hard. When's that point? Fantastic for me for focus and all that. And that was in June, the, the, the week before, the week commencing of Glastonbury or the weekend of before Glastonbury. So wins the quarters against a Swedish lad. Then I boxed a lad, Rob McGill, up from Leeds to beat him. And then I, I'm waiting for my half of Here's my little bit back to show you. Look, Dad, he boxed. He played for Liverpool till he was 18, got fucked off. Then he boxed. Then life took over. He didn't do nothing with either of them. So here was my little thing to make him proud. Like, look, Dad, I, I'm in the final of this massive tournament. You know, and I know this is probably my second sport, but and he was dull down the phone. He weren't interested. But the day before, when I beat the Swedish lad, he was fucking over the moon. Fucking fantastic. Send me the fight now. You recorded it. Tell someone to... He was just weren't asked. Oh, that's strange. Turn your phone off now, son. You've got the final tomorrow. So I'm just like, that's just proper put me off that final tomorrow. Man. I'm fucking buzzing here because the kid up beats. He's a pro boxer now, robbing the semis. He's a fucking top fighter. He'd had more knockouts than I'd had fights. So I'm like, fucking hell. And then I looked at my WhatsApp status and my sister had put up a picture of my auntie who died in the night. Is her older sister with broken hearts because she hadn't been well for a while, Alberta. So then I knew why he was so flat on the phone. He He's lost his older sister and he was very, very close. Uh, yeah. He was like, more, not his ma, but, you know, she looked after him when he was a kid and all that. So then I just hit the floor and I just took myself off and when I had to fucking cry my eyes out, obviously lost my auntie. And uh, my coach at the time said, lad, I know you're in the final tomorrow, but this is only boxing. You know, you've got a life at home. Do you want to go home with your family? We'll all pack up, fuck the medal tomorrow. We'll take you home. I went, nah, I'm boxing. I said, I want to box. So I was sharing the room now with a lad who works for works with me, sorry, at North Liverpool floor and James Dickens. And I was just on my phone all night and I didn't want to cry because he was in the room and I never hardly had no sleep. It's the first time I've ever got in a boxing ring. And I was just spent you know, emotionally because I yeah. hardly kept and I'd like the, the trauma of it all. I got in there. I had a war with this kid. Could it look you could have flipped the coin on who won it? Thank God I been her. She probably got me the decision <laughs> and I won. I was buzzing. And uh, so I come home with my arm with this medal. I'd probably put two months hard graft training every day to get this gold medal, but it was kind of felt guilty celebrating it. Although it was a massive tournament because we lost my auntie, and I was kind of like, What do we do? And Joe, my arm said, You went to see all your mates to go into Glastonbury. You go down there, lad. 
you know, I was still banned for another 12 months or something, another 10 months. Fucking forget it. And he has never, ever given me a pass. He only likes me drinking on the couch, watching the boxing with him. He said, I get a bud out the, the fridge. <laughs> oh, you go in the pub? Fucking hell. Do you know what I mean? And this is the only time, and then that's what led me to getting fucking nicked. So I said to the lads, I haven't got a ticket, but I'll be able to buy a ticket outside. Um, I fucking go down to Glastonbury. And then that, that, that was me demise, but it wasn't really, it was the start of me, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so what happened? Like, so what? basically, um, I just was walking around Glastonbury. The first night is, there's no music, there's just a big fireworks thing, and everyone's there for the same reasons, you know what I mean? There's doctors from lawyers to fucking bin men, everyone's Glastonbury, you're just there to go and fucking have a good time for four days, escape reality. So, um, the next morning I'm walking around trying to get a shower, just had a bacon butty. And I must have been talking or something, and then this busy went, this way, please, mate. Just like kind of chaperoned me, or it may have been a steward or something. So I'm walking here with the towel on I mean, I didn't quite know where I was. So I walked down, it was kind of like a trap. And then there's all these busies, they went, look, you're getting a search now. And I'm like, oh, shit. I had all my drugs in, it, in, in my man bag here. I went, look, I said, I've got drugs here. I said, I'll tell you now. He went, so's everyone else at this festival, mate. Don't worry about it. So I went, so I pulled them out. He went, fucking hell, you got a fair bit of drugs there. I said, I've just lost my auntie, to be honest, mate. I said, I'm in a bit of a bad place. Oh, all right, son. Then you just going through like a load of fucking 800 pound worth of 20 pound notes. So the shine and the doom, or maybe pen in it, I can't remember. They went, look, you've got 13 of them notes. I think I had like eight or 900 quid. Cause I was buying a ticket and I didn't know how much a ticket would be. I could have spent this or that and eating on a ticket. And fucking hell, Glastonbury's not cheap for drinks, let me tell you. <laughs> so um, I was like, well, what does that do, mate? I said, I don't know. Did you know you had the notes? No, I never knew I had them. So I'm looking at the busy, like, I don't know, mate. What, what goes on here? I said, so he was, he, he was like, look, I'm going to throw the drugs away. I'm not asked. He went, but lad, I've got a nick here for these. I went, you're messing. I said, well, he went, lad, it's quite serious, this busy. He was all right. I went, fucking hell, go ahead then. So I'm nicked. And uh, they throw me in the back of a bus, just loading us up, because it, it was in within circulation, within scouts. So if someone had fucking had a million pound where to say, and he's passing them through you know, all different people, whether that be for drugs, fucking tickets, whatever, it's all within, we're all connected. Because yeah. we're from the same place. So we all had them. So that's what they were looking for, Scousers. So um, some would be benign, some would be you know, yeah. not. So um, he throws me in the back of a coach, um, one of them fucking big, big coach, fans. Coach, coach. <laughs> 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 there, hey, there was a queue out the door at this police station around the corner with all busy, like waiting for people because there was that many people being processed for the same thing. Do you get what I mean? Because there was so much of it going around. Yeah. So... Um, and then fucking hell, the lad that I got through in the back of the coach with, I knew him, he was an amateur boxer, I went, fucking hell, right, Joe? He went, lad, I've, I've, I've had some drugs on me and some of these black notes. He went, I don't know how I've got them. I went, fuck knows. He went, lad, I sold a motorbike the other day. He went, oh, that cheeky cunt hasn't fucking, um, fucking give me fake notes yet, because this is the door. I said, well, it's got to be, on it. So he went, and um, fucking I went, and I threw my hand in. I threw my hand and said, yeah, I had them and I, I got them last night. I think I just made up some stupid lie that I shouldn't have because I thought if I throw my hand in, they'll look at me more fondly. If yeah. I say, no, nah, I don't know how I've got them. They'll go, this cheeky cunt's a liar. But it was legitimate that I didn't know how I got them. But to get them in, I was saying it just because yeah. if you throw your hand in, they kind of say he's all right. So uh, they just, the next morning, they said, right, oh no, that night, they went, look, you've got you, money on you. You're you doing that in the cell? No, I didn't do it because there was that many people being processed. They needed the cells. They went, look, you've got money, go and get yourself a hotel for the night, but you've got to be Real the magistrate. Money, they didn't give you the 
They, well, didn't, they didn't give you the black ones, right? No, <laughs> fucking hell, no, no chance. <laughs> it so, was a Premier and Uber. Fucking So I goes out, get a nice hotel, and I'm fucking showing off to the boys. They're all sleeping in fucking mud huts and fucking glass to me. I'm in a jacuzzi in a nice hotel and fucking, where was I? Bath, bath. So um, I was in the magistrates in the morning. He said, look, this case, the jail or something, it's too much. So you've got to come to, to Crown Court in three weeks. So I thought, fucking hell. If the magistrates won't process you and give you what you're getting, that's not good. So they give me bail. So it rings one of the lads, Jono. He says, lad, would you come and get me from Baffy? Yeah, there's a car he drove across me. So would you come? Picks me up. Um, so then I'm trying to get back in the festival then, because I still had my band. Keep your wristband on? Yeah, they all let me keep my wristband on. But when you leave the festival, um, you need a pass out thing at any festival has it do you know what I mean you need like a card to say I've been out in case yeah. you're going out taking your band off getting someone else so it goes out no pass out but I didn't want to say hey mate I got nicked in the fezzy <laughs> and like I'm not going all the way home by myself I'm here now I'm not far gone so then um, I, all day I was trying to get in my fucking phone died I was in flip flops because I was getting a shower dressed like a fucking right scruffy cunt I'm trying all day and then my mates end up saying Pat you need two bands. So I got into the festival at eight o'clock just as it was going dark because I was thinking, I'm going to be fucking sleeping outside here till I can charge my phone up. Or... So I went in, I had an all right time, not a fucking great this looming over me for the next few weeks. So I was saying to the boys, I said, I'm going to jail here, you know. I said, I said, I could just tell by the way the busy was speaking to me and the way I'm going to Crown Court. I said, I'm going. So straight back in, home to work. Uh, we buried my auntie. Um, and then I had to go and see uh, the call something. You do a pre-sentence report with this fella and he says, so I'm just like, look, I said, I've drove all the way, I popped, I drove in my tiny van, my tyre popped on the way there, coming straight from work, I think the meeting was like four o'clock, done that for two, driving to Bristol dead fast, my fucking tyre popped with a nail, so I rang him and he thought I was on the blag, this fella, I said, mate, I've just broke down here, my tyre, said, I've got the AL coming out here, I said, I want to do this pre-sentence, oh, if you're not coming, mate, because you must get loads of people yeah, just not yeah. even blagging him. I said, no, I said, I've just finished work, I'm driving, so I'd stand up fucking all in my flooring gear and I showed him the video of my tyre popping and he went, fucking hell, you've killed yourself to get here, what a kid and all that. So I explained with the footy what's happened, I'm still working, he went, bloody hell, you're going through a lot. He said, I'm going to write on this pre-sentence report, there's no way this kid should go to prison. You know, he's a floor layer, he's trying his best with his boxing, he's, he, you know, what point is sending him to prison? So he wrote all that out. So three weeks go by and I, I goes to court. The fucking judge didn't want to know, he was an owl. Fucking wanker. And straight away, as soon as I come in, he didn't look at me not, not once. He went, look, to the to the, the prosecution. He said, why hasn't he been done for selling Class A's? He went, because we don't believe that he was. That's not his job. He just yeah. deals with the case that's on his yeah, hand. Yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking, why is he trying to say that I was selling drugs at the festival? Like, straight away, he's trying to come for me, didn't he? He said that straight away and I thought, nah, he's not having me. He went, look, I don't care what this pre-sentence report says today. He's, going, he's getting a custodial sentence. But because I'd had... Coley ringing me and I'd had obviously the feeling of the rock bottom of the team. I weren't asked. I weren't, I never went with, I went with a super, I never brought no bag for clothes or what you need in prison. Just went, so whatever happens, happens. And uh, yeah, so he started rambling on about some shit. And uh, I would hate for him to ever think that him sending me to prison so shaped me or think, yo, because I was already on this boxing trail already. And I come out of prison, I was, I half went back to football, but when I come out of prison, I snapped my cruciate 
the day I got out, I come out of prison on the day after, my mate said, are you going to come and play for us in amateur league FC Dovecott? I'm like, yeah, lad, I'm there in the morning. Let's get this footy back going. I've seen the light now. I'll never fucking take a drug out. And I goes to play and I turned and my crucial just went, snapped as I fell over, dislocated and broke my arm. That popped out. I'm laying on the pitch and the pissing down range. I was like, what the fuck? And then that, that's fucked me then. Do you know what I mean? That that was, as soon as that happened with that, like I just thought, I'm going to have another year out. I've just had virtually two years out. That footy's gone now, it's gone. Mm -hmm. um, How long did you get? So I think I got 16 or 18 months. One of the other, I always get them wrong, so with the, the yeah, with yeah, the bank, I think it was 16, with the bank, it's like 14 and 16 and 16 or 18. One well, of the like, you know, when you got sentenced, yeah, like before that, you know, for most that that would be rock bottom, yeah, with a football career. Was you, where was your head at? Like, well, my whole life's workings, as my dad would never ever let me box. My whole life's workings was geared towards football. So if I had a detention in school, my dad would say, nah, you're not doing detentions. They've got you for six or seven hours a day, son. You need to get out with the ball because he always kept me Sunday league. He used to make me train every night. So I'd be like, all right. So I used to say to the teachers, I don't do detentions, miss, see you after. Do you get what I mean? So my whole life from being a kid was always football, football, football. So when that's gone, I've kind of, not just ruined my own dreams, Fucking my dad's fucking piggybacking my dreams himself, probably a failed footballer himself. Um, Tell your mum and dad that you've been arrested straight nah, away, or did you wait nah, for the. It's because it, obviously his sister had died, so I didn't want to come home yeah, from the festival yeah. saying, Dad, I'm next, so I just thought, say nothing. Hopefully, I get. And a, if you get nothing as well. Like, and I get nothing. If I get community car, hours or something, I can just say, Right, this has been a terrible fucking six months. Yeah, this. But nobody I need needs to sort to myself. I need to sort my shit out. And, you know, I'm an intelligent person. I'm not thick. I wouldn't have kept doing what I was doing if yeah. I just got a near escape and nearly ended up in prison. I would have, re you know, realization would have set in. So I never told him. I rang him from prison. To what I mean? From prison, you from rang prison him. and all like that. To what I mean? <laughs> fucking, I'm in jail. What the? F how the fuck have you ended up there? Never been in trouble in my whole life. Prison uh, police never knocked their head off and not on many fights as I've been in. No one's ever knocked or no fucking parents in the area have ever knocked and said I'm a cunt. Probably the school have rang, but the school liked me. I was just cheeky. And then my dad was just like, how the fuck? I was like, don't worry about it, dad. I've got myself in this situation. I'll get myself out. So then after a couple of days went by in prison, you know, it was all right. Stayed away in, in that Bristol jail anyway. I was in the gym then and I was thinking, right, I am, I can't get no lower than what I am now. I'm in prison. Do you know what I mean? Uh, but the only way is up now. So I'm going to sort this. And I've always kind of liked it when the chips are down. I always play better when we were getting beat 1-0 or when someone says you can't do something, I feel like, right, I'll show you. I don't know what that is in me. I've always been like that. And that's what it's like with the boxing when now. Got, when you got released and you're on the running track in the yeah. morning. Do you get what I mean? And even now Fighting with the boxing, there's, there's always sceptics that say, there's no way you can start boxing at 23 and be, you know, do something with boxing. You've, you've missed the boat. All right, Sam, we'll see. So was a lot of it, all of this now, you know, when you were in there and we, did you think for your dad, just to make your dad Yeah, it, even now, and it's kind of mad as I've got older now, it's more my brothers, they've took over me dad, which is sad, because I know he's proud of me anyway now. I've kind of spun that on its head and he's seen how well I've done with my business. Um, he's seen how, you know, how I turned football and boxing on its head and he knows the life I live and, he, you know, I've done enough for me dad, I bet you he's a, I still want to win titles for him and that's who, I, when I win a boxing title, I'm going to say dad, you know, 
he probably thought it should have been an England jersey, but I weren't that good. <laughs> but, you know, I'd give him a belt and say, that, that's yours. And that's my token to you for, you know, putting your name, it's our family name, Lacey's in the paper and making a show and you had I hope for me. So I'll do that because the kids are flying the football flag. So, Do you yeah. think that's kind of giving you that extra drive in the boxing side of things? That Most definitely, yeah. That you've probably disappointed him in a way. At some points in your life, no, so now to win, win yeah. back that, that. I just prior. want that feeling back that I used to give him through the football. Oh. Joe Proud, when he'd sit back and I'd score, Joe five against Man U, he'd be like, "Fucking else, and you're flying." Do you know what I mean? And that same feeling. But it's been loads of times in the amateurs. I'd knock someone out in the amateurs, and I'd just point to me dad, and he'd be there, just like made up. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Before me fights, I'd bounce around the ring, and as everyone padded it, I just wink at me half fella. I hate it. He hates it. He's like, lad, I hate all that winking and that smiling before the fight. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because I'm just in a place, it's going to be what it's going to be. I'm going to try my best and, yo, know, it is what it is. And obviously, he's not in control of it. So he's sitting ringside like that and I'm winking at him like, don't worry, dad. <laughs> What's your dream then now? Where do you want to Just titles. You you've got to start chipping away now. I've had, this will be my sixth in two weeks. So as we go further along, further along, you know, I'll be picking up titles along the way. But the end game is a, is a world title. Somebody said on Twitter, don't go stale. Don't let it go stale. Oh, What's all that hell. about? So this is a story. So, so remember Jack Robinson played for Liverpool, played in the champion that Jack. So the story is, um, I'm out on a Saturday night. I weren't drinking now, this night. And he was bladdered, Jack. And he was playing for Liverpool's first team at the time. He, he marked the old walkout of the game against Arsenal. He's playing every week. And I always knew him. He went to a school locally to us. And we always got on. And he just started giving me stick. As I'm walking past, so I'm like, why are you giving me stick? So he's like, I can't stand you, this, that, and the other. So I'm like, all right, Sam, there's all people in between us all dormant. I went, I'll wait for you outside, just come outside and you know, say that to me face. He <laughs> doesn't ever come outside, so he fucks off home. So he gets hold of his number <laughs> off a bed. I bet you were stood there for a while. For a good two hours and dormant. He's just like, lad, we've let him out of the way. He's gone home, go home. So I'm like, all right, but I was fuming. So it rings him, nine o'clock, first thing in the morning, Sunday morning, said, yes, lad, I said, you know, you fucking, what was, your, what was all that about last night? He went, yeah, I'm what? I said, well, do you want to meet me today in Sorter? Nope. He's playing in the Premier League at this point, by the time. By the way, so fair play to me, he went, go ahead, sound. So um, we were supposed to meet at the snooker call car park. There was loads of people there. So we went and met on Buckley Hill, which is a, a field by ours, loads of footy pitches. So um, as I pulled up, I see his mates, in, his mates were on this estate opposite it, looking to see who I turned up with in case I turned up with lads. And it was only me and my mates, and it was him and my mates. So he goes over to his mates and say, what are you here for? Backhands a couple of them in the car. And then it goes over, because <laughs> I knew, I half knew them, because they were all from the same area. So it goes on, he, he had his, his fair play to Jack. He had his uh, thing unzipped there, and he was on his toes. And you could tell, he, he said, I can fight me, and he could. So we're standing up, bang. I hit him and then I falls on top of him. And you know, when my half of the brought says, you don't bite or thing. So I said to him, don't let it go stale. Let's fucking get up and have a fight instead of rolling around. So I said that to all Tingham on the thing, and that's all you heard all along. Come on, boys, don't let it go stale. We'll go to the next so that, and it stayed with that's 10 years old, that shout. And they say it every time they see me. I just played him, he made testimonials, Sean Densmore, and it got said about five times. But I end up, I hit him, went down, fair play, gets up. It's him again, bump, goes down, gets up. He got up three times. He didn't let it go stale. On, no, he didn't. And then the third time, I think like his cheekbone went or something. And I said, I've just broke your cheekbone there. And he went, lad, why are we fighting? I went, 
I've always thought you was like sound. I said, and you started giving me all abuse last night. I was sober, you was drunk. And he was like, oh, lad, I don't know. And then when I got in the car, I rang John Flanagan, who was my mate who was playing for Liverpool at the same time. I went, lad, I've just battered fucking your mate. Make sure you all give him stick. So then John, because that was, he's tied between the both of us. He didn't really like it. John didn't want to tell me, you shouldn't have done that. You should have just spoke to me and I could have sorted that. He was like, oh, all like pardon. And... Uh, so I was on him saying, have you seen his, what's his, what, what's his fucking kipper like? John was like, lad, he hasn't been in all week. I'm sure Kenny Dagley should the manager now. So he never come in all week. And in the end, Liverpool have like ordered him in, I think. I think he said he had a viral condition and you have to come in and maybe do something. And he's come in and his, his face has been fucking a little bit bruised or whatever. And uh, Kenny's fucking said to him, he said, oh, I was out fighting over the weekend. I couldn't tell you, I'd be lying if I did. And yeah, I don't know whether he's playing But it's just daft. I think I was 19, he was 18 at the time, and Joe didn't even need to happen. But that's what you you got a lot of testosterone, you don't know what to do with it when you're young. Joe, that happened now. I phone saying, lad, you was giving me all sorts last night. What was up yeah. with you? Bad player, he was game. But no, he can fight, honestly. He, that kid knows how to fight. Because I've met loads of people, as I'm talking about that big divvy before, fucking chin up in the air like that. Jack was like, that switched on on his toes. Do you know what I mean? And my mates who'd seen me had bad under fights, he was like, lad, that was a proper fight. You fucking knew what you were doing. Do you know what I mean? Hey, so don't let it go stale. Fuck, you know. Still, you still say it. Man. Do you think that's why you maybe, as well as found a bit of solace in the boxing, is do you think you're better as a lone wolf? Only Probably, yourself to yeah. answer. From what we spoke about before, I think so, yeah. Where is it? I'm dependent on me and I can happily go to bed at night. If I get in and a box for the title and this kid jabs my head off or John knocks me out, I can sleep because I can go, do you know what? That's we ain't good enough, lad. And that's just the way it is with the football. It's all, it's it's so polluted with fucking all different kinds of things. It's fucking hard. It's hard to go round. Is there yeah. a case that if you want to take your box, if you want to get to that mm. level of boxing, are you gonna, someone's going to have to give? Probably round title time, yeah, maybe, do you know what I mean? But like, all these boxers, you all have to go out and do probably three runs a week or at least two runs. I don't have to because I'm running around the football pit yeah, ch yeah. chasing a bag of wind, so. Yes. So they all have to do the run and I don't have to. My coach says, now nah, you're, and if I ever do run with any of the boxers, I'm fucking, I'm well ahead of them in the running, do you know what I mean? Just with injuries in that though, because mm, if you get that's the one smashed, thing. man. Yeah. Yeah. The only, I've had more injuries in the football than I have in the boxing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But is there a massive difference between being match fit and being fighting fit? Yeah, it's the same sort of thing. You can't replicate it. You've got to do sparring. But like playing, you can do as much running and you get through in the footy pitch and your miles off it anyway because you need to play minutes on a pitch and replicate it. Sounds a bit different, isn't it? So well, it's exactly mind, like with your mindset and focus, like for a fight and playing football, mm. I imagine. A um, Football's wars off a duck's back to me. Now, a big game at top of the league clash and, you know, if you win, you stay in the playoffs. Doesn't really affect me, so... Uh, Doesn't need the same focus? Nah, but boxing, obviously, probably because I've got a point to prove. In, uh, and then football's all of nuisance. I was a kid, so I've played in plenty of big games and stuff like, well, not to your level, but, you know, for my little level, yeah. I've played in decent, you know, big games. Not so... Brilliant, mate. That's... Best of luck with, with the fight in the coming weeks. Obviously, you'll 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 have fought by the time this goes yeah. out. Yeah, all the best with it. Thank Good you, luck, boys. Man. Yeah, you have to come to a fight one time. Yeah. Yeah. When I when I go up the ladder and, and it's a decent fight, maybe for the title, all come. 
to remain the echo there or something. Yeah, we don't want to go and say one behind closed yeah, doors, do we? It makes me look like a proper fighter, not back in these yeah. fucking so the little stadiums and all that. We want to see them winks at your dad afterwards. Yeah. Well. You'll do like, a bit of sparring, won't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. I'll be bored, mate. No, cheers, mate. Top, I appreciate man. that. Thank you, boys. Unbelievable. Thanks, Sean. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.